Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. Good evening and good evening. This is The Word with Mike, Pete, and Steve. We're all here tonight, fellas. Uh, you can, you know, I'm not giving you a mic because you guys are just laughing at me the entire time. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I'm just kidding. How are you guys? Fucking good to see you. First words. First words. Persecution complex. No one said shit. Actually, right, actually right. now, because you and I to sit here quiet like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, see, I told me not to so, say anything. So, Steve. Steve Pete, what do you guys think? I have Charlie, a Civil War veteran that I can talk to all <laughs> night. I don't know about you guys, but I got this on lock. So. This is the World of Mike Pete and Steve We are live here at the biggest and the baddest comedy store in all of Long Island, Governor's Comedy Club in the heart of Nassau County. And we are here with some very special guests tonight. As you already heard, Charlie from 1940s is sitting in with us tonight and hanging Yay. out. But we have one of my favorite breweries in-house, or really remotely in-house, tonight. Yeah. But before we get to him, oh. we do have... Some reads, some commercials, rips. some sponsorships, some, some sponsors we need to get through. So let's start with Rosie's Draft Solutions. Steve, take it away, sir. Oh, Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provi- provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line systems installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. They are passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery. And that is only done by making sure the draft system the beer is being poured on is perfectly clean. Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator sales. And I'm going to have to be calling them up. Get my uh, kegerator tuned up for the summer. Yeah. Uh, You can reach Rosie's at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com. Or call them at 631-219-2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mention the word, and you will get a discount, and you will also get a Brazilian wax for the summer. Nice. You I need, definitely need one. You of need one of those for the summer, I'm yeah. Too. You know I what it is? You. It's, it's like a jungle the, down there. No, oh, it's boy. the below the belly button hair for me. I don't, I don't really appreciate that. Things I... Which yeah, I'm just saying. I'm starting not get really wanted to know, but now yeah. I do. That's right. Go to Rosie's Draft Solutions or uh, give Nick a call uh, and tell him the word sent you. Receive a little percentage off your uh, service or order. Uh, Peter, you that, want to take it away, beer maker? That I, I'm going to try now. All right. Well, <laughs> you threw you off your game already, <laughs> huh? A little bit, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Beer maker. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All green countertop brewing system. Uh, apps on uh, iOS and Android and uh, lots of delicious recipes to make at your house. Like uh, IPAs mm. and stouts. They and have the Mexican, Mexican lager, yes. Mexican mm. lagers. It's lager season, folks. It is lager season. It's mm. also Kolsch season. Yes. Which is delicious. Uh, beer maker. B-E-E-R. Delicious stuff. MKR. B-E-R-M-K-R. Yep. You can find a link on our Instagram M-E- page yep. store to use a little promo code, save a little few bucks on the machine. And that's it. And you that's go over it. to our link tree in the uh, bio of our Instagram Enjoy. and uh, get yours today. Go to BERMKR.com. We're also sponsored by Brewbag. Brewbag for your beer pong cornhole. Uh, that's right. We're talking about outdoor. Definitely brewbag it's, oh, season. It's brewbag yeah. season beyond a shadow of a doubt. Hopefully they're enjoying some down at CBC this week. Uh, but Brewbag, uh, go to Brewbag.com or go to our, again, our link tree in the bio of our profile of Instagram and have your special link right to a discounted page for your Brewbag today. Get it uh, vinyly wrapped with your logo, mm-hmm. breweries. Get yours today. This is a, uh, a smash, a hit, if you will, at the breweries. One beer in hand, one hand on a bag, and you throw in those bags into six different holes. And guess what? It's beer pong cornhole mixed together. Go to brewbag.com. We're also sponsored by Brewers Hardware. Brewers Hardware for yes. your small batch or large capacities. Go to Brewers Hardware. Really appreciate them for sponsoring all the gifts that we give back to the brewers. And yes, that is for you, sir, Mr. JC from Trillium. You will get a uh, prize pack from and courtesy of brewershardware.com. So go to Brewers Hardware and type in the promo code WART to receive your discounted uh, tri-clamps today. Tri-clamps forever. Forever. And... Just to follow it up, who do is, we have in studio? Oh, hold on. Is Triclamp running for president in 2024 again? It is. It is. That's good. They're running on the independent uh, line, they which is to. fine. Yeah. They uh, have to. No labels. Uh, it's a nonpartisan group. It's right. looking for someone to run. <laughs> yeah. And, Tri-clamp. and that's fine. Uh, Triclamp. 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 All you do is put no some party. googly eyes on there and put them on the podium. Yeah. It's good hey. to go. I just say, look what I can do. Click, click, done. If someone nominated a piece of metal, yeah, for the uh, presidency yeah. in twenty four, yeah. they probably win. They they would get it. They would get an embarrassingly <laughs> large percentage of the vote. Yes. I would say in this country right now. I uh, I I want to give a a proper intro before I do. Uh, want to shout out to Hopscotch Bottle Shop in Deer Park for uh, helping us out a little bit with this show. Uh, putting the beer that we're about to feature tonight on the shelves over the last week or so. So if you have a chance and you're listening to the show, go over to hopscotch.com uh, or go onto their Instagram or their uh, their uh, Facebook or their YouTube and find out you know exactly which uh, label or labels they have tonight. For our guest, Mr. JC, coming all the way from Massachusetts, he is from Trillium Brewing Company, folks. Give it up. I fucking love Trillium, dude. There's nothing. We know. We know. I know. I know. We know, fanboy. I'm very we happy, JC, you're able know. to make on the show. We're, we're extremely excited to have you, a.k.a. I am. And I know they are, too, because we all love the beer. There's, there's, there's no way there's a smile on their face they took that first sip tonight, and they're like, yep, mm, that's good stuff. Yeah. All, How are you, sir? Or the case that I bought when you brought home for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I, I said place your order. I'm yeah, here. I'm going to yeah. bring it home. So. I was getting it. How are you, sir? How's everything? Cheers, gentlemen. I'm coming to you from uh, the basement of my home. It's the only quiet area. <laughs> there you go. For us man. to spend some quality time together. Funny enough, uh, Peter spent a lot of time in his basement. He works from home and uh, avoids his entire family by crawling down I mean, there. As, as much as I possibly can. As possible. That's, it makes a lot of sense. If you have little kids at home, the basement's usually the quietest place. Um, so really appreciate you for being on. Um, we got so much to cover. Uh, I'm going to have to say, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, we'll talk to Charlie intermittently as he finally wakes up from his little, you know, late, late day naps. And <laughs> <laughs> I 
What? It's another old joke. Throw that fucking uh, can at him, uh, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hit him with his fucking head. Hit him with the liquid death. <laughs> Not nice. Uh, JC, ha- I, so let's let's get into the, the meat potatoes here because you have a, a lot going on. Um, let's start at the very beginning because I want to know how you guys started this massive, massive brewery that now expands throughout the state. Well, um, boy, I, I guess I started, like, my story is not terribly dissimilar than lots and lots of folks. Uh, started as a home brewer, you know, after the first batch of beer. I think anybody that's, that's made beer, you kind of sit back and wonder if this is something that you could, you could open a brewery. Could I open a brew pub? Um, how does this all work? And uh, it kind of, you know, after home brewing a little bit, I wondered what it might be like to do that. Mm. So I started doing research and the licensing, um, the equipment that was available, tried to talk to anybody who would talk to me about it. Um, It kind of turned into my part-time hobby. And then without realizing, I was kind of putting together a business plan um, and kind of following um, in the, in the kind of the path that my wife Esther had showed me um, just by being her. She, um, she studied and kind of was on a corporate track and decided it wasn't, wasn't really for her. And, uh, she wanted to kind of follow, uh, her passion and start her own business. Um, and she kind of showed me that it was possible to do that. Uh, I kind of wanted to pursue my passion and kind of make that my, my life's work. Um, when we got married, uh, she, um, was super supportive. You know, I wanted to make all the beer for the wedding. You know, one of those guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of developed our, our branding around around the homebrew beer blog at that time. I think it's still up on the blog spot, the old Google blog spot. Wow. Uh, I remember yeah. that? I used to go yeah. to that all the time. Jeez. <laughs> so um, we were married at a vineyard in Connecticut. Uh, we wanted to go be able to go to the place uh, and visit the place where we were married uh, as, often as, uh, as often as we wanted to, as often as we could. Um, and we got to meet the owners there, and they uh, are a couple that uh, started the winery, um, kind of a quasi-retirement project. And you could see the energy and life in their eyes for uh, for what they were doing, what they had built. And um, I think a lot of uh, one of the biggest motivators in life, um, whether we kind of talk about it or admit it or not, is fear. <laughs> so uh, I I. After a few days separation from the wedding, it was kind of like, you know, whips by so fast. Um, I started to think about what they had done, what my life's track was. You know, you start to get a little uh, introspective when you get married. Um, wh- you know, what path am I on? I'm with the woman I love and could, I can't imagine, you know, being with anybody else. I'm going to start a family together. Um, but this job I'm in is very interesting, but it's not as fulfilling as I wanted to be. I wanted to be a chef when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and, you know, family was going to be uh, the most important thing in my life. I kind of always knew that. But uh, if you're a chef, it's kind of hard to be. It's kind of hard it, to be. It with really is a tough friends. industry to to have free time because you're working on the days that most people are off. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's so kind of gave up that idea in high school. Even I was taking foods classes then. But it kind of creating uh, creating things was it's always been inside of me, and you know you just kind of put those things aside. Uh, you know I can I can cook for my family and friends at home, and that'd be fine. Um, I can create separately for my day, for my day job, whatever that is. And you know I was I had a I had a nice career, and I was on a good track. And my parents 
boy, they were, <laughs> when I told them that we're looking to open a brewery and then they came to see that spot on Congress street, um, boy, they were, uh, quiet. Real quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so this I is know, what you want to do with that education we help pay for. <laughs> I know. I know. We, uh, you know, I, Esther and I took our life savings and we plonked it down on the table and said, let it ride. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it got down. It got down to the wire there. We we almost pulled the plug a number of times before we opened because of the delays. Can you imagine what it would have been like without Trillium up there? Like without I, that brewery being where it is and what it did. It, just imagine it. It was like happenstance. Like it, one person's decision, good, bad, or indifferent, could have changed the uh, the the direction forever. Absolutely. Yeah, we were. Um, uh, I was actually traveling for work, and we were at the end of the rope. You know, we like. You know, we had actually hired somebody at that point. We had, um, you know, we're now we're now we're into credit card debt, and if we don't start seeing revenue soon, we can't go into the red on this thing. Um, so uh, Esther had had to make a few calls to say, "Listen, we either get the occupancy permit, or we have to be done. There's no more rent to be paying because there's no more money." So. Um, I come back from the trip. I land the plane and get come back from the trip, and we we had it, and it was sort of off to the races from there. Hmm. Brew the brew the beer with the remaining cash that we had left. Uh, open up a uh, zero APR credit, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> zero APR credit card, and and kind of like let make the minimum monthly payments and and hope cross fingers hope for the hope for the best. Yeah. We had wow. planned to start with six fermenters. We opened with two. Um, Jeez, and uh, that's we what ran the out budget of beer. For. Yeah. Yeah, we ran out of beer on our second weekend, so um, we were kind of scrambling from from day one, really. Now, in those those past homebrew experiences, you know, uh, thinking back on on those moments, you know, how how did so much change, or did it change, from your original homebrew batches to kind of where you guys are now? Oh, that's a great question. I think Fort Point, um, you know, our, our our the first hoppy beer that we ever made was Fort Point Pale Ale. We have some of that here with us tonight. Yep. Cool. Um, that beer is only slightly changed in the percentage of um, caramel, and that's a British crystal malt, um, a very low level bond uh, crystal malt. Um, we kind of backed off that a little bit to kind of temper, um, pull back on the sweetness a little bit uh, okay. as we were getting kind of better and more reliable attenuation um, uh, in the commercial setting versus, you know, home brewing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we didn't have all the fancy gear, homebrewing gear that, that folks have now. Hmm. Um, you know, it's just been a short, um, boy, it's been 14, 14 or 15 years since I first uh, brewed that beer. So, wow. Yeah. And so very little um, variation has been done to that original OG. I mean, would you call that your, your flagship at this point? So it's it's a little t- – we, we have not yet operated in like um, – and we're starting to <clears> – <throat> get there we have not yet operated like a quote-unquote normal brewery and that <laughs> we we don't really like always make sure that we have fort point in congress street like certain brands always available mm. um we probably should though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well considering like that's the one that you know, when i first came up there i don't know Mike, mike's on the instagram right now he lives in canton uh i don't remember the first time we went there mike but uh, it was very, very long ago. I'm going to say maybe eight years, maybe more, 10 years to that first spot in, in Canton. And I remember enjoying Four Point and Congress Street, like you had said. 
And just since that point, it's been a very, very consistent beer that every time I'm there, that's the first thing that goes into the cart, right? I got that's I know what I'm gonna get out of that. I know what it, what's gonna happen. You know, even despite what you said about, you know, like little subtle changes, but it, it becomes like a staple of what I'm looking for. And I'm sure a lot of your customers feel the same way. Yeah, and I and I wonder to what degree that, that folks are getting a little bit uh tired of like I don't even know what these brands are. There's just so many of them. <laughs> it was a time where like anybody I, you know, and I used to uh, used to work the tap room, and I was, and part of the the new beer phenomenon came from my observation, mm. where um, I, you know, stand there with our you know, huge selection of six or seven different beers, and um, you know, we'd have Congress Street and Fort Point on, and you know, some regulars would come up, and it would be uh, pretty frequent where they'd say, "Oh, great, you've got Congress Street. That's my favorite beer. Mm-hmm. What what's new?" And then they would leave with the new thing. So, but like we all suffer from that a little bit. But I think that we're now, um, you know, ten years, just a little after ten years after opening. I think there's some fatigue that's going on there, where people are like, yeah, "I don't really want to try all the new ones. I just want to make sure that the one I get is yeah. reliably good, yeah. or reliably to my tastes." You know, so well, I know what I'm um, bringing the- back, right? I know what I'm putting. Like I said, I know what I'm putting in my my case rack, my my brown box. And then I will then expand beyond that. Like my most recent trip, I, I grabbed Four Point because I know it was there. And then I just kind of went around the gamut seeing, you know, I'm a big hophead. So for me, it was a lot of dry hopping. It was a lot of doubles. Um, did I get any, Did I get the Pilsner? I, I like the Pilsner, but I don't think I got it this time because I know that's a solid beer and I've had it before. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was on there. And then Steve placed an order. And you had some even more like off off the beaten path for me yep. stuff, and you know everything again. Just going through those new beers, I'm like, yes. I mean, you're just staying true time after time. How do you guys get that consistency out of your your taste? What people have grown to know from Trillium? Yeah, I I mean, there's um, uh, don't there's give all the import- secrets away. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm I think I think folks know this uh, brewers or home brewers that I've talked to. I'm um, more than happy to talk about what we do, what ingredients we use, and the kind of our approach and methodology. Um, that is, uh, I don't want to say, maybe it's it sounds a little obtuse, but it's it, that I think is actually the easy part. Mm. Um, the hard part is in, um, in making sure that you've built and you're supporting your team, um, you're setting up processes, you're setting up clear expectations, um, you're, um, staying humble all the time and, and always asking and, and seeking out, uh, input and feedback from others yep. and, um, while kind of steering, uh, steering the ship at the same time. So, so you're saying um, like brewing the beer is the easy part. It's, it's trying to keep the infrastructure together. That's, that's the harder part of the business end. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, um, and, and not letting those other things distract you from, from brewing, right. from, from all the A to Z, it's not just, I don't want to say just, but it's its making work is one step. And it's, of course, before that, you're sourcing and you've got quality control every, you know, every, every uh, silo fill them all. You got to yeah. do the quality steps. You can't skip anything. Yeah. There's every, every last little thing uh, accumulates into the thing that's in, into the, into the beer that's in front of you. So if you're, um, you're taking a, a short step or you're just kind of, uh, making assumptions that it's it's probably fine 
um, you're pro you're likely missing something, and then you're going to have batch to batch variability. Mm. You're going to have um, you know your gravities are going to be all over the place. It's just going to swing to the left and to the right. Um, and we probably do. Uh, we have a very robust uh, QA QC QC program, and it's not the glamorous stuff. It's not the stuff that um, you know. It's it's not tossing the hops into the boil kettle. It's <laughs> It's not it's, the Instagram it's, pictures uh, people uh, dream of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's funny. Whenever, um, whenever we have brewers visit and we're giving them the tour, um, the most questions and the most insight that they're after is actually uh, when we head into the quality lab. Hmm. Um, how do how do you approach what you do for uh, for yeast health and um, you know all, all sorts of different things? How do you collect and store your data? How do you analyze it? It's it's again it's nerdy stuff, but. Um, you you can stay motivated to do it and want to care about doing those things if the ultimate result is um, making the best possible, possible do you, beer. Do you feel like it's that natural progression? Like when you open a brewery, there's a lot of concerns. You're kind of spinning plates trying to figure everything out. But once you've dialed in certain elements, you're now able to hyper-focus on the little things, right? I mean, just the, like you said, just the yeast propagations and everything else that goes on with what you're doing, making sure you have, you know, healthy bubbles and quality control. I mean, how deep are you involved with that day-to-day work? Um, I am not, thankfully, post-COVID, when I was on the brew deck, on the packaging line, making deliveries, um, I am now pulled back from that and able to focus 100% on uh, new brand development, Mm. um, QA, QC, sensory panel, um and then you know the trillium yeah and, yeah and like you know trillium trillium is um uh, and I, beer nerds can take this the wrong way so don't take this the wrong way but trillium is much more than than just beer so i can i can rabble, 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 rabble. Like, oh my goodness <laughs> um it's true though, in I order mean- for us yeah, we're like we're trying to create places that people can like. You know, the beer is great, but it's got to be part of a bigger experience, right? So mm-hmm. we're um, we're trying to create uh, these moments, these kind of life special moments, um, where it could just be whatever Tuesday evening, and you're meeting up with your buddies and you haven't seen them in a couple of years. Like you want that to be the most special thing, and the beer is there to help make that possible, and it's the thing you kind of um, uh, circle around the table with. And, um, you know, that's that's the reason why you chose that place. And it's supposed to help to make that moment extra special. But it's really about the people that you're with in the moment that you're sharing. Yeah. So you want to create an experience um, because the beer they can have the beer at home or I mean, if the beer is great, but the place is, uh, yeah, I don't know, a dangerous dump. or a shithole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, you know, that special <laughs> moment is oftentimes at home with your friends. They're, right. They're, you know, you're you're you're, um, you're you've ordered something or you swung by the brewery to pick something up. So, you know, that you've got the. Uh, you know, the pick of the litter and you, you can, you can figure out how to make that moment special around somebody's fire pit or something, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we have uh, a, a number of spaces by which we do this. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard for me to believe that we have so many places within a pretty small geography, really. Um, and we were nervous at first, like, Oh, are we going to, you know, is one place going to take business from the other or it's, it's just definitely not happening. So I want to get um, into and, those locations. Steve had a quick, yeah. quick question for you though. We're going to crack open some four point and talk about it. it it's breakdown a little later. Um, Steve, Gab, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I cut you off. When, uh, when you guys first, you know, when you were first looking to open the brewery, did you, 
I mean, you came out with a bunch of hazies right off the bat, and and that gained a lot of attention by you know a lot of people. Was that always the thought process? Start out with some really juicy IPAs, and go from there. Because I mean, we all know that's not all you do. We've had the sours, we've had the stouts, you know, and they were all fantastic, along with. The hazies and the pilsner. I love the pilsner yeah. and the Kolsch. Those two were yeah. some of my favorite pilsners and Kolsch's that they brewed, and and that you know to follow that up, um, you know you, you said beer nerds because you have such a following in that community of you know like I don't want to call it hype beer because it sounds demeaning, but it's not. In that everyone seeks your brand, your labels, your beer. How how do you kind of you know balance that? satisfying that community while still producing all those new labels like you were talking about before boy it's like a, it's like a 17 <laughs> <laughs> start with steve's question <laughs> no, no i can i can handle it um, i keep interrupting you know, i apologize we, we i'm first, very we hyper first started um you know it was i, I don't know i want to say we sort of stumbled upon how to make hazy beer <laughs> i never was taught it was not sort of like you know the, the the examples out there at the time, and you know you can um, extrapolate how, how you like. Uh, it was Hill Farmstead yep. with a hand a handful like you know Abner and Double Galaxy and kind of beers like that. And then mm-hmm. there was um, a, a small small ish portfolio from Lawson's. Um, yep. Sip of sunshine and, and some of those early ones, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you and had uh, Hetty Topper. Topper, yeah. Yeah, and the Alchemist, and that that was the that was the one that was probably strangely enough most readily available to me, and sort of um, yeah. that was the that was the sharp um, sharp turn away from uh, uh, what had been American IPAs at, yep. uh, to that point from West Coast style beers. So, um, you know, without a mentor, without sort of any further information. Um, I kind of picked a handful of hops that I thought were expressing some of those characters. And, uh, you know, so Citra became Fort Point Pale Ale. Yep. And Galaxy became Conga Street IPA. Um, but we did not have a straight line drawn for us between, like, okay, here are the ingredients, here's the yeast, and here's what the result is. Mm. The first batch, um, you know, the first handful of batches of Fort Point Pale Ale, one batch would turn, would just drop bright. The next batch would be hazy and juicy and crazy, and we couldn't really figure out what was going on. Um, so a couple of tweaks with fermentation temperatures over time, um, you know, they kind of showed, you know, kind of using that continual process improvement mm-hmm. and asking those scientific questions and um, kind of eventually got us to land where, all right, we've developed a protocol where this is kind of reliably happening, um, even though we don't really understand what it was. The first batch of Congress Street IPA, um, you know, it was, it was cold, it was crashed, it was clear, there was no yeast in it, um, but it was hazy AF. And yeah. I, we couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. Huh. Man, if you close, it looked like it was still fermenting. And that's like, you know, what freaked out a ton of brewers and they called it lazy and they said, you're just rushing beer through and there's yeah. all kinds of yeast in it. Yeah. You don't know how to use um, clarifying agents. And there was all this kind of, um, you know, misinformation out there from very educated um, very established, uh, very knowledgeable brewers. That is jealous. Um, and I, yeah. Well, no, I think it was, it was, it was like, you know, if you look at a picture, you know, <laughs> it, it's like a picture of like bad beer. Yeah. So, 
um, so my feeling at the time when, you know, sitting there looking at the, the, the uh, glass of beer that we pulled off for a sample and I'm just, you know, it's probably sitting there for an hour with him, smelling it, I'm tasting it, I'm looking at it, and none of it makes sense. Um, but ultimately, um, it smelled and tasted incredible, and how it looked was, you know, it's a tertiary concern. I think people... I mean, that's, I mean that was why Hetty Topper was like, yeah, drink it out of the can. Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Please I, don't I look know. at I this before never, you consume I never it. asked John that question. Yeah. But I, I did know that we didn't have any money for us to be putting that beer down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, boy, this, I, I don't, I can't think of a beer that is as explosively aromatic and flavorful as this. And it's, you know, it's strange sitting in a 2,000 square foot brewery with hardly any experience under our belt. Um, and we're kind of looking around at each other saying this might be the best hoppy beer that we've ever had and being, you know, not being boastful at all because, you know, behind closed doors and just saying, I guess we're just going to sell it and we're going to watch people freak out about it, mostly about, about how it looked, you know? Yeah. Because um, I, I had never seen a beer quite that hazy before. Hedy, if you if you look at Hetty now, it's not terribly different from what it was in, yeah. in you know, 2013, 2014. Um, but boy, you'd, you'd never seen something that was like straight up milky, hazy like that. And that was kind of what put a lot of the breweries on the map and, and got the, the buzz going about them. Um, I wanted yeah, and you can and you can kind of understand how um, uh, various breweries kind of independently, uh, you know, just discovered isn't the right word, but, you know, brewers share information for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's there's specific types of hops combined with specific yeasts that um, will do this. You know, they'll bioconvert uh, those those aromatic precursors and they will put. Uh, put them into sort of an emulsion, if you will, yep. and it'll keep that kind of keep that stuff up into suspension that does not drop out. It kind of has that stability there. It's instability in terms of um, flavor and aroma, not not necessarily uh, uh, temperature stability. That's for sure. Uh, so, cycling back to the the beer nerd conversation, so you obviously uh, have a, uh, a let's say an internet war, virtual war. Between you and Treehouse. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, you guys uh, obviously are, are always vying for who is the top brewery in all of Massachusetts. I feel like his look already says he's uncomfortable with this line of <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm happy to talk about uh, like I setting. mean, because the beer nerds will go back and forth and, and you know, holler about both things. And you both uh, have you know, kind of completely separate kind of business models and... The, the beer, as, as hazy as both are, it, it comes down, in, in my opinion, sometimes to, you know, visuals. You know, what does the beer look like and the labels and the identification branding. and branding? Right, exactly. So how do you guys continue y- your process while you're feeling uh, – you might feel a little bit of heat from the, the colorful uh, treehouse, but you guys have st- stayed very true to your branding, your coloring, your maps, your your white and uh, kind of pencil-ish chalking, uh, charcoal pencil, whatever you want to call it. It looks very similar and if not exact to kind of where you guys started. How do you guys dress all of that, you know, to the community? Yeah, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, when I actually uh, worked on the, the brand development with my buddy Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same guy who uh, we did the homebrew labels for and kind of developed the brand uh, from. Oh, that early on, huh? 2007, 2008 or so. Wow. Um, 
and uh, yeah, um, it's it always had the same aesthetic. And one of the reasons, you know, as we kind of worked forward and developed, you know, not homebrew labels, although they're not terribly <laughs> similar from then. Um, but one of the things that I, I kind of saw coming in, it sort of was already happening at that time to a lesser degree than what it is now. Um, but boy, it seemed like a, there was just all kinds of beer labels just shout, absolutely shouting at you for yep. their attention. And, um, you know, when everybody's shouting, who's the who's the person that you notice is the the kind of the quiet, confident one um, <laughs> that, that kind of stands out of the crowd. It's a good so analogy. So everybody's going to put all kinds of energy into shouting if we just kind of um, use a really clean, simple, and steady aesthetic. It felt like if we um, could stick to that, uh, it would be one recognizable, but two, um, kind of the quiet in the mass of noise is the one that you that you that maybe you notice a little bit more than the others. Yeah, and I, like I said, like we we you go like back and forth. You <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We go back and forth, you know, with other people on this show. Uh, you know, we don't rate beers, we don't do that kind of stuff. We very much enjoy uh, Trillium, and we do enjoy Treehouse. I think there's space for both of you guys to exist, especially with your business model versus theirs. It's a completely different kind of uh, animal at this point. However. Um, when, when you guys hear from the community that, that feedback, you know, what do you, are you, tr are you trying to just block that out? Are you trying to just continue doing you? How does that kind of change the way you guys think about future labels? Um, I, I, you know, I, I gotta say, we don't really think a ton about other breweries a lot. There's a, there's a, there's a plenty, there's, there's plenty of, um, kind of internal drive. Um, uh, we do. We do bring in other beers for uh, sensory blind tasting on sensory panels. Put our own beers in there, see if we can pick them out, and like you know, pros cons, and like we're always trying to get better. We're, we're never, uh, we've never consider ourselves finished. Um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> do you do? You, let me. I'll ask it straight out. Do you drink Treehouse beer? Uh, or no. have you? Nope. No. There yeah, you go. Of course. Oh, yep. oh, I thought you were yep. But that's, that's more of a function of me not getting out. I don't go right. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do, does anybody bring stuff to you at the brewery? Like, hey, check this All out. All the time. I, I, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Every brewer. And I'm sure they do it back at Treehouse, every, too. Like, dude, look yeah. what Trillium is doing. Every <laughs> brewer has. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that there's, uh, you know, people get so behind their, their you know, their team. Looking. Like their local sports team. Yeah. Um, there's there's sort of like this innate tribalism in all of us. So like once yeah. you pick your favorite, you're gonna defend it to, to your to their death, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right or wrong. Um, and you get kind of you turn on blinders to whether or not they're doing a good job or not, um, or if they've made a mistake. Um, and then vice versa. If you've got if you've kind of pegged somebody as the enemy, boy, you're just gonna try to pick apart anything that they've done, again, yeah. right or wrong. True. So yeah. I think you know <laughs> Anytime there's there's fans of anything, you're gonna, there's going to be that kind of chatter. And um, you know, early days, I was very concerned what was going on uh, on some of the forums, and that probably lasted for a couple of months. Mm. Um, and that was I just you know it was clearly just an unproductive distraction <laughs> from the from the work that we had in front of us. So yeah, um, that did not last very long at all, and it's a huge lesson learned. Um, and it's one of the uh, pieces of advice that I, I like to give uh, new brewers all the time is like, 
you absolutely should be reading um, customer reviews of your beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what you should, what you, you should might not like it. Also, but you be able do to do is develop a sense um, of picking out the the true the truth from the extrapolations, from the exaggerations, from all of those things. If you're uh, if you're finding that there is a consistency that uh, of those comments that you don't necessarily agree with, you really you need to get um, other folks uh, that you trust uh, involved in that discussion as well. Have you ever had do any like just ridiculously negative for silly reason uh, reviews? Anything like that ever stand out? Yeah, anything like stand someone, out to you? Like, you know, the beer was great, uh, but, you know, uh, my Uber dropped me off at the wrong, at the wrong entrance. <laughs> One, One star. star. <laughs> like, is there anything stupid like that that, like, you just got to chuckle out of? No, there's a, there's a million. I mean, there's a million of those. Yeah. It's hard to sort million, through like, they don't, um, they don't allow dogs in their restaurant. One star. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they, their, kitchen, uh, their kitchen in their Fort Point restaurant is on the second floor by uh, by the way, there's a, a first floor, a second floor, and a third floor. Uh, <laughs> the owners must not care about their waiters who have to bring their food up and down the stairs all the this time. This is the silly one, nonsense one I wanted star. to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's star. exactly what I was looking to hear. <laughs> what? There's, there's a guy out there, and I, I've seen it too many times. He actually brings a portable air quality. Is that, that's on that Haze boy. Yes, <laughs> and, and he'll be like, yeah, this beer was great, but... The air, air quality <laughs> was not up to where it should be, so you know, two stars. <laughs> wow, wow. There was this, uh, um, I can't remember his name. There's a guy who uh, uh, who goes around and checks for ADA friendly friendliness. Yes, and has oh. his own uh, rating system. Yep. I can't remember what his uh, what his Instagram page mm. is, but I'm very proud to say that we actually had very good ratings. On our, <laughs> there our you go. Account. Oh man, that should be yeah. a, that should be a certificate that he hands out to. Bruce I got fi- That's probably a very entertaining account. Yeah, so that, I mean, so stuff like that actually like that. That's the kind of thing that that sinks in. I'm like. That's right. We do go through the level of care and detail to make sure that it is a welcoming place to, to everybody. Right. There's no like we don't want to cater to a specific audience, but still somehow have a very specific point of view. Sure. So, um, so that, we, that one was actually really cool. to see. We had a great experience up at the uh, seaport. Um, however, the experience prior to going to Trillium there uh was not so great uh we actually brewed a beer at hopsters as you know the now defunct brewery in and around that seaport area almost like <laughs> right around the block from your location yeah. right yeah and yeah. uh yeah really bad experience we've we've said the story to our audience many many times do so not get pete going oh yeah yeah He's about to he took a big <laughs> breath so leave him alone so anyway the uh the the great thing was right around the corner Fantastic! Is that the four point spot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we're uh, we are still right. I think we're like right on the last street. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Before the seaport. Uh, in four point channel before it turns into into four point. We're in an old brick and beam building that yeah. apparently yep. was a, an old lead warehouse. So, <laughs> a lead yeah. warehouse. Oh god! Can you imagine the uh, the cleanup on that? Trying to get that oh, established. I just the the, beat, the 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 old yellow pine. Um, uh, Wooden beams are absolutely massive in there. Really yeah. cool. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic location. I want to really talk about these locations, but we went in there. We uh, enjoyed our, our nice meal and uh, had some beers and took some stuff to go. Both times we were up there. Yes. That yes. We, that's the first place that we were like, all right, where else are we going? Oh, right around the block yeah, is Trillium. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're heading there. Um, I and, actually got confused before we like the first time we the like the first time we were going there. Yeah, because it's like right around the block from a Trader Joe's, and there was like oh yeah, oh, yeah. the line <laughs> to get into Trader Joe's. I'm like Jesus, the beer, like it's Sunday morning at like ten o'clock. Like, like who's like who's online that for much beer? beer? Like oh no, okay, all right, we're good for fucking waffles. <laughs> that you is guys, true. You guys can tell me the hopster story when we're done here. So yeah, I yeah, you for your audience. Oh, okay. oh no, we've trashed around. them already. It's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, we can yeah, trash them on air. We've already we had them on, and it was. You know, in the moment, it was fine, but uh, the result was absolutely uh, disastrous. I, I, I believe the only he actually went back to Scotland or Ireland. Or, yeah, yeah, he 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 took he off. bounced. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> he took bounced. off. He bounced with our our kegs and yeah. our beer. <laughs> no, well, we got our beer, but it was puddle water. So anyway, um, but like I say, like your locations, I've been to Canton, I've been to Four Point. I, I want to hear a little bit about the Greenway's about to open in the warmer weather. You have the farm. G- give us, uh, you know, the, the the list and and the genealogy here. Obviously, you guys started in Four Point. You branched out to Canton to have some sort of suburban kind of setting. How did it evolve from there? Yeah, yeah. So the main reason to go to Canton, um, our little two thousand ish square. I mean, the retail space at our Four Point original Four Point location on Congress Street was 300 square feet it was it was a joke we could yeah. we didn't have, we didn't have re- a public bathroom so the town said you can't do you can't even do samples never mind yep beers. really i remember going yeah. in and hoping to get samples <laughs> and they're like no, you just growl the fills bro oh. i was like okay i'll take them <laughs> <laughs> give me all the fills okay i'll take them yeah <laughs> you were so out zip like, uh, bags you're like no it's kind of like the worst version of hospitality that we can imagine <laughs> we, you know it, it did kind of help you know um enforce um, the concept that we've got to be able to communicate as best as we possibly can. Yeah. The intention behind the beer, um, you know, the flavors, aromas, and you know why we're doing what we're doing. So that kind of, to a degree, helped. Um, but you know, we did, we ran out of space to put any more tanks in. I was chipping away chunks of the ceiling to be able to, you know, stand a tank upright inside <laughs> the space, and like there was no there was no more production to happen uh, there. And we were certainly well uh, well under. Uh, the demand we were constantly running out of beer. It was no room for a packaging line, a canning line. No way. We still had to we had to deal with these like these tiny little footprint uh, Mahine bottlers. You know, they're probably the size of a dining table. They're tiny, right. and they're on caskets, so you can move them around. So um, uh, we went to Canton after I probably wasted a year looking for a bigger spot in Boston. You know, we're competing with law offices, financial companies, life sciences. You know, there's no way we can. You know, you, you can't compete on rent on those things mm-hmm. for a, a manufacturing facility. So um, we decided to go out outside the city, even though we always wanted to be and are still a Boston brand. But um, we just needed space. Um, so uh, Canton is 20, 25 minutes away. Yep. No traffic. Um, but uh, that allowed us to to put in a proper uh, a proper brew house because, you know, the brew house that we started with on Congress Street, that that was a cobbled together dairy tank and like it was it was very rudimentary it was barely homebrewing it's what it yeah. was so, um, so we put together a, a proper system we're able to turn 50 barrels of word out uh, mm. on each turn um you know tons of tons of fermentation capacity but really we didn't have any process pipe or anything like that we're still kind of hoses and on the floor and 
everything snaked together for a while and then we've kind of just built upon itself and mm. adding lots lots of infrastructure from there um that was in i think we opened that in december of 2015 okay um and um you know our brand had really grown to the point where it started to become we, we had otherwise written off the possibility of being able to open something in the city because uh you know it's just too expensive sure. well, was it hard to deal with the city and the i don't want to say the politics but whatever it is well, to get municipalities the right... that yeah just didn't, you know like yeah yeah, yeah i mean you know, there's Zoning kind of there's breweries on every breweries on every corner now, and you know the legislators, administrators are much more familiar and much more friendly right. as our banks. Um, you know, we were not getting a loan when we first started. It was it was uh, life savings and credit cards. Yep. And um, you know, that's what it was. And now, if you kind of just say we're going to do what that other brewery over there does, but in our town, because there's no breweries within 20 miles, you know, you can get a bank loan now yep. without any experience. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, that's um, anyway, that's scary um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're good, yeah, but it's it's like the, the proliferation of breweries across the country and really yeah. across the world yeah. is in is in um, in part because of um, you know willingness of local finance or you know finance financing to be a possibility. Yeah, they don't get as much people. credit as they probably deserve. The people taking chance, the banks taking chances oh. on these breweries early on. And and you yeah. know pa- past what you guys went through with the you know the the life savings and the credit cards, after that came a wave of people going what you said you know I want to do what they're doing just here. It took a lot yeah. of guts for some of these banks to say all right l- we'll we'll help you out and then you know obviously everyone worked it worked out for a lot of people for that matter. Yeah, and you know frankly we've had to change banks because they basically said oh that's clearly the limit is what's possible for you wow um, and we just say okay we're just going to take our banking somewhere else and then we continue on our way because we largely we're largely funded by cash flow we're yeah, like sure. Esther and i are not are not trying to be in like crazy debt although we are uh, <laughs> we're not being crazy debt for the rest of our lives you know that that that, that number starts to that needs to start to tick down um as we uh you know i'm 46 47 uh, i forget um <laughs> Yeah, but it needs to like start to needs to start to come down, and the stress associated stress levels of that uh, need to go with it. So, Wait, so you're 46. Uh, Charles is 146. That's what I was just saying. He worries about I mean, the, the. Am I over 150 yet? I yeah, don't he, know he yet. and he, well, you know, again, it's still thinking about loading those cannonballs. That's so. true. Yeah, and and, and he must and, be really good at hand stitching dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> Way to jump on! I love it. <laughs> He's got the bit. I've been doing this. I, I've been doing this with Charles for I don't know how many years. Oh now. God! Oh now you got God. everyone on board. Jeez. And now I, I have I have, a, I have a community now that's willing to <laughs> a whole community to beat up on the old man here. He's relaxed. Look at him. He's, he is. He's he got his shorts on. He's one chilled motherfucker over yeah, there. Yeah. He's having a good old time. I love it. He's enjoying the beer as well, sir. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the other locations really quick. So we have. Uh, the Canton spot, we have the four-point spot, which I've been to both. I have not been to the Greenway. I have not been up and around that area uh, during the time in which it's open because you guys open that seasonally, correct? Yeah, we um, we opened it a little earlier this year, and we were trying to get it open for, you know, it's you know weather is super hit or miss, yeah. but uh, we had some awesome weather leading up to the uh, Boston Marathon. So mm. we've been open there for a few weeks now, oh, um, nice, and it's nice. been been awesome we had a we had a uh two weeks ago is you know 50s and drizzly and that kind of stunk this past weekend was absolutely glorious so we you know that's kind of the magic of the beer garden right so if it's 
Um, it's not a guaranteed thing every single day, but when it's when it's nice, it is so special. Particularly in Boston, particularly uh, early in in the year, it's like that first time this the, that warm sun is hitting your skin, and you're yeah. sitting down with your friends and having a beer. It's just and, and as everything much else as it, kind of melts away, you know. As much as we complain about the weather, Boston's always like you know five to ten degrees colder than we are. So when we start getting seventies, they're still in the sixties sometimes. When we're in the sixties, oh, yeah. they're still in the fifties, and it's miserable when it's gloomy and rainy and stuff like that so you got to kind of work that so when did you guys start with the greenway when was that first kind of uh put into place yeah i think we're in our it's either the sixth or seventh season you know it's one of the i think it is the first beer garden in boston um we had lots of friends uh visit us over the course of the years and um boy the kind of the look of wonder on people's faces <laughs> When they come to visit from different parts of the country or different parts of the world and uh, see what we did there, you know, there's over 500 people sitting in the middle of a beautiful park system yeah. in the heart of downtown Boston, and everybody is just smiling, and they don't know why it's so special. They just know that it is. That's cold alcohol. Uh, yeah. That helps. I mean, uh, what, what your city has done, what Boston has done for that area – over by the aquarium and that whole span of, of walkway and being able to bike. And it just has uh, reinvigorated that whole area. I remember going there uh, back in probably 1998 when the big dig was still going on. Oh my God. And it was just a goddamn nightmare. You, why would you even live there? It was terrible. It was, I mean, it wasn't so Tell much. Tell how you really feel. I, it was so bad, dude. I mean, you couldn't go three blocks and it took you a half an hour. It was just terrible. And now it was different, like the highways and the you know, detours. It was it was different every single time you drove through. Yes. there. you were guaranteed to get lost. It yeah. was brutal. And it was it was so bad. And what they've done you can now just to that up area. Your map quest. Throw that right out the window, dear. Yeah. Yeah, bowl bowl it up and throw it at the sign. <laughs> if you use map quest directions at any point in your life, it's time to take your pills for your back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> myself very much. <laughs> I'm myself very much included in that too. For sure, Always I carried a Rand McNally. Oh! <laughs> I but it's so cool. I mean, there's there's uh, do- literal dozens of. Beer gardens across the greater yeah. Boston region now after just mm. six or so years. Uh, my buddy Hanok from Omnipolio came to visit from Sweden. He's like, I have to open a beer garden in Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> and he, did. He, he, and he I, did it a year later. It's so cool. I just texted my brother like, hey, we have uh, Trillium on the podcast tonight. And that's actually the first thing he said was their place in downtown Boston is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's cool. A so lot we, of- and we just we just opened a new beer garden on, on the Boston Commons. So, yes. You know, by as a crow flies, it's less than a mile away, but it's an entirely new set of customers and like people. You know, if you think about it, you know, you, you might not really ever go to a different neighborhood, even though it's super close because it's just not. You know, no, a neighborhood. Yeah, you're just not it's going there. Viable. It's not. Yeah. Where, it's not where the, the, the tea, your T ride isn't running through there, or yep. you don't have friends or, you, ah, that tea. work nearby or whatever. Yep. So yeah. Bringing me back, bringing me back. I went to Hempfest '99 and Boston Common. Back when it was uh, very, very crazy and illegal to do so, but yet they they boarded off the entire um, yeah. Boston Common area, and they had the police on the outside. But the minute you walked in, free to do whatever you want. I I also went through Boston Common uh, like two years ago post COVID, and it, it was still like there was that little amphitheater down on the I think that was the west end of it, and then there wasn't much there. So it's a it's a great spot to have. 
v- vendors and people all around that area because there's so many people. When it gets nice out, that place is like Central Park. Can you imagine just setting up other half in the middle of Central Park? People would lose their minds if they could just walk from their blanket over and get a beer and then sit back down. It's it's a hell of an idea for sure. Without getting mugged or Well, in New York City, it's by. different. In Boston, hmm. it's not so bad. No, not in Boston. Not in Boston. Um, so you also have the farm. Tell us a little bit about that, f- that farm from, from Boston. Boston. Yeah, we laughed about that commercial, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so uh, uh, Trillium was founded on the concept of being um, a New England farmhouse brewery, and you know it. You know to start with a, a little tiny brewery in a the worst piece of shipbuilding <laughs> in the neighborhood was a pretty far stretch from being a New England farmhouse brewery. But you know I. My family didn't leave me a farm. Hmm. I didn't, you know, we didn't have the money to buy a farm. So, um, what? It, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. How unfortunate. Uh, my family left me three farms. <laughs> <laughs> they were so all called Barrage. Barrage. Yeah, farms. they were all Barrage. Barrage one, two, and three. <laughs> Just numbers. They didn't try new names. You know, so we li- we lived out uh, the idea through a whole bunch of different beers that we made, and you know that was it was intended to be our flagship beer. If you remember, maybe ten years ago, Belgian you know pale Belgian beers were oh yes super super popular. So like you know just like a six ish percent saison was about as good as it it got, it got then, and I still really love those beers. I I hope they kind of swing around in popularity, but we've been making Please them yeah. um, <laughs> since we started, and we. St- you know, our 10th anniversary beer um, uh, was an iteration of that original Trillium Saison recipe. recipe. Uh, and, uh, and speaking of the farm, we were able to include um, uh, heirloom corn and rye and a dank- rye in the grist for that beer. So, yeah, we're trying to, you know, live out that, that concept um, by producing uh, ingredient for both uh, for, for beer um, but growing vegetables for uh, our restaurants. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. you know, small small grains um, uh, for distilling now as well. So you guys find, uh, like, okay. local chefs. Good. How do you guys go about kind of deciding on what you guys are going to be doing for the restaurants? Uh, in terms of just specific dishes that we're Yeah, on? I mean, just food pairings. I mean, obviously, you have to put some thought into the kind of food you're serving um at these at these locations to kind of match up with the beers again to keep people there and keep people drinking and eating that's the whole point um you know drinking and eating and so the you know there has to be some sort of you know process that goes into that you guys picking local guys are you guys looking for a very specific type of chef for each place are you trying to do a general like can i go to each location and find a similar dish at each place Mm, it you know it no, we actually don't have any dishes that overlap uh, between the, the two places. Mm. Um, you know, we're trying to, you know, be a reflection of the kind of the space that we're in or, yeah. you know, be more more city versus more suburbs. And, um, you know, uh, th- there's in our our teams will tell you this. It's a it's a real challenge. Um, our places are very big. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and to kind of execute what people expect for hospi- hospitality and the expectations that we have for ourselves. Um, that that does go into uh, planning for you know what the menu looks like. Um, you know, people don't ex- don't expect and will not wait for any real amount of time. Yeah. To Especially kind of if your waiters, like, wait staff have to you know ex- yeah to travel different, or different be, floors right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially that second floor. I heard yeah, it's God. a killer. <laughs> 
so inconsiderate. Yeah, I mean, people are, people are getting you know checking out of their hotel, coming in for lunch, and then need to catch a flight out of Logan. You, yeah, you can't have them sitting around waiting. Nope. So got to have them um, uh, and, filled up, ready to go. Yeah. So our our Fort Point location that's 500 seats. Our Canton location Ooh. is 750 seats. Jesus, um, that's a lot. Of it's seats. no joke. So, um, well. The, the size of our of seats. <laughs> it's a lot of seats. So it's, it's, uh, it's, that's really a reflection. Um, not that we're trying to be quote unquote big. It's more of a reflection of, we really, uh, hate to see the look on people's faces when they come to our, come to our place. They've made their way out to, to visit us. Yeah. And they, they've made that you know, a destination. You don't want to turn anyone away. Right. Yeah. They see the back of a, an intractable line and like, I, that sucks. But then it they're then they're glad that it really is just the line for Trader Joe's, right? <laughs> yes, yes. plenty of tables open. The yeah. beer is cold and delicious, <laughs> and the tiramisu yeah. or whatever I had, tres leches or whatever I had that dessert, <laughs> I, tres leches. Oh my god, I matched it up with the stout. Holy smokes, I was in heaven. <laughs> it was the best. Um, uh, really quick, because we're going to get into a, another segment really fast. I'm I'm just going to shout out some people on Instagram that I've been checking in. I'll go as fast as I can. Mike C., my buddy up in Canton. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Dom Vino, Phoenix, uh, Robert C., J. Clancy, uh, Emil, uh, Beer Swipers are checking in, said what's up. Uh, S. Ladies, uh, West Babylon Superstar, buddy Rob over there also carries a bunch of beer. Long Beach checking in. Watondo, hey, hey my buddy, Will. Hey, hey. Uh, Bellingham Brewery is checking in, says cheers, Alex. Uh, uh, there's too many. I can't go through this. Wiz, Wiz is still watching. Guys, if you're on Instagram still. Wiz Khalifa? You know, Wiz, Wiz oh. Rami. Um, if you guys are checking in, <laughs> yes. go over to the uh, Facebook and or uh, YouTube page, and uh, you can watch the show in its full glory. I'm going to get out of the Instagram right now so we get prepared for Insta. our yes for our, uh, our new uh, segment here. So, uh, Steve, you want to uh, kind of set this up really quick while I uh, get this posted? No. Oh, really. come on. It's called Steve's Three <laughs> uh, Questions. All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah, pull my leg. Um, so I, I will be asking three questions of you, sir. Um, and it'll be one at a time. Very easy. I mean, um, it's a couple of couple of times we get some real interesting questions. Um, but <clears throat> it, it's basically just some, some beer, uh, you know, like things like what you like and I'm not gonna. I don't want to go any further than that because then it ruins the questions. All right, so then yeah. let's uh, let's just uh, take how our about, little how about that music, music interlude, that and then music. we'll get right back here with Steve's three questions. Hey, you cool hip cats! Tonight we bring you a very special presentation. Three questions. With our very own Steve Pominski. Yeah. Steve's questions. Three questions from Steve. Three questions. Steve's questions go. Squid a bear. I knew you were going to do Yeah. Well, it's, do it's, it's your thing. It's, it's, it's the thing. My thing. Right. Steve, take it away. All right. <clears throat> so, question number one: What was that first beer that turned you on to craft beer? What was that one you said? Uh, I want to know what's going on here, and I need to find out more. And and this is delicious. What was that first so, one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
easily it was Guinness. So really, in college, I was the, I was the kid that was buying you know with his his little bit of beer money that he could possibly muster <laughs> for, the, for the weekend. Um, I would uh, go get a four pack of pub cans of Guinness. Nice. Now, everybody thought pub I was a, a total idiot. Like, why are you <laughs> buying four cans of beer? Instead of a thirty pack for the same price, <laughs> you idiot! It's like you a terrible economy. Idiot. <laughs> You're like you don't know it's delicious. That is not yeah. this is not an answer we've gotten before. No, no. that no. really we, is not. I mean, we've had many of you know the usual Sierra, like Sierra Nevada, Nevada and Yingling, and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's hmm. I like that one. I like that. Man after my own heart. Nice. You know, Stout. I love I love Stout. Guinness. Uh, you know, I like it off draft. I don't like it in the cans. But if you get it, and I love mixing it with a, a, a Smittix. Smittix. I love mixing it with, uh, you know, any Guinness Blonde. It's a good mix. Between those, delicious. <laughs> but, like, I'll, I'll actually seek that out. But I don't think I, I would say that turned me into what I am today. I mean, it was just there. So. You know what? Yeah, Be- between Guinness and the other one that always I had to have, yeah, was Boddington's. But really, Boddington's was another one that just kind of you know was there. I was like that nitro wonderfulness. Yeah. Mm, I don't yeah. like Guinness. Uh, Charlie remembers, Shut you know, like you. when he was like eighty nine, the Schlitz that he was p- pull tabs on the Schlitz, right? <laughs> well, he remembers. Oh, we used to have to carry that church key. With. Oh, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie remembers when the horse and buggy would come down the street with the wooden barrels, yes. with the dry ice in the back. And the dry, yeah, and, and they would, you know, roll it off the back. And well, well we'll talk no. about that later. later uh, yeah. Question number two. Ooh. Number two. What? Is uh, the wind velocity? Oh no! no. Uh, <laughs> what is right now? What is your favorite style? Oh boy! And it's now because I believe all of us it changes. Yeah, you know, uh, one it's, minute it's such a it's such a difficult question because yes. uh, he's say I'm, King Julius. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those one of those guys who's just always like the right beer for the moment. So, mm. uh, all right, at this moment, I what is that right that. beer? I feel that same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I uh, most recently really, really enjoyed uh, our take on an Italian pilsner out of mm. our new beer garden on the Boston Common, and that was the that was the perfect beer for the moment. Italian um, pilsner really... is getting to be that's that's like the new kind of it. Yeah, it's style. crisp. It's really? clean. It's a good like you know fall a uh, spring summer beer kind of feel. Uh, I I do appreciate a good one every now and then for sure. Not something I I would seek out and drink like four or five of. Like I'm just so you used could probably to... drink about thirty of them and be fine. Right, but still, I mean, it's it's As it's something is. I need the variation on. But at the same time, like I will uh, on the list. It, like, for instance, when I went over to Canton, I was looking for something light to start, something light and crisp just to start my day and ease into it. I'm sure some people kind of go through that same thought process, like, let's start crispy, end up ah, really like on yeah. a triple IPA at the no, end of the day. That does happen. Yes. Uh, to uh, kind of a, a point two of, of that question, what, what's your favorite, what is your favorite style to brew? So I, I would... Uh, uh, easily say saison because it's oh, um, yeah. uh, kind of yes. ties into the, 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 the right core, <laughs> the core of what we do. Uh, being a New England farmhouse inspired brewery, mm-hmm. 
and being able to uh, kind of uh, design a beer with intention from uh, what it is that we can grow on the farm mm. oh, and, cool. uh, and then being able to react to what grew well that season. And that that's kind of what that's kind of the origin. It's almost like long term chopped, right? Like you don't know what you're going to the best crop that's going to come out of there. You tried to had in big intentions for certain things. But what comes out, the best ingredient might be something you're like, oh, all right, we're going to use that for this and then just kind of go with it. Mm. Yep. All right. Question number three and final question. You go to a bar or restaurant. What is that one beer you hope they would have on tap other than something you brew? And it could be from any time at any place anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Treehouse Green. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, kind of like, like I said, I don't get out very much, so it's like not an experience that uh, I have terribly often. Yeah. Um, I did go, but I, I had an Italian. I had a Tipo Pills the last time I went out oh. to 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 uh, to eat with friends. Um, but the time before that, I went to a dive bar, and the best beer that they had on was a uh, Negro Modelo, and that was yeah. pretty cool. There we go. Yeah. And that's the beer in the moment, right? Oh, Man. Yeah. Good, I like the Modelo Dark. Hmm. Yeah, that when, and uh, the uh, the the Amber, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, that's Dos Equis. Oh, Dos Equis Amber, right? Yes, yeah. but I like Modelo Dark. Yeah, that's very good. Negro Modelo, yeah, uh, that's good stuff. To this day, I'll never forget. While I was at uh, Cybel Institute, we had a bunch of guys from Grupo Modelo, and they were there for class, and and they brought a special keg. That you can't get in the United States, and we really? had it on, at the beer stube. Still a lager. It was it was a uh, a dark lager. Mm. It was we killed that keg in like two days, <laughs> and we were all hurting from it. But it was the most wonderful experience. You tried to... the nicest guys. Barely spoke English, but they were the nicest guys. Well, they, going. they transported beer across course, uh, country course. borders. Yeah. I mean, they're like yeah, we, we loved them. For yeah, that. and they probably loved the fact that you guys loved it. And it was I, great. It was un, unreal. They just had bottles and bottles of just regular Mondello. Nice. And we, we were like, okay, we're yeah, good. That's your follow-up. Yeah. That's your chaser. Thank in you, a way. guys. <laughs> I'm going to go pass out in the bushes right around the corner from Goose Island. So, JC, just to, just to kind of slow it down a little bit, we we do have Charlie in here from 1940s Brewery. Oh, there he is. Out in Holbrook, Long mm. Island. Uh, he is... Um, a, a master at what he does here locally. And, uh, you know, 1940s is when his first child was born. So that's... <laughs> that was the prom, I think. Yeah, was, uh, oh, that was, no, that was Charlie's 50th wedding anniversary. That's what his, yes, about? he was his 50th where he, um, his first grandchild was born. So you, uh, you, brought, uh, you brought to with us today your, your Nelson, your, your collaboration with Stephen here uh, from Barrage. You guys focused on the Nelson hop. You guys, this is the second iteration. I want to talk to you a little bit about this really quick before we get back to JC. Mm-hmm. What did we do? We do anything different? Did we change anything out? We add, subtract. What did we do on this one that uh, you know kind of brought it back to life, or that you said I need to do it again? They didn't let Charlie brew it this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I'm I haven't stepped on the brew deck to brew in. I, I don't know when. 1876? Well, because your son pushed you off and said, you're not coming back on. Right. Yeah. No. Once my Hence back the walker went, in the corner. Yeah. Oh. Once the back went out the second time, that yeah. was, I was done. Yep. Um, 
But we, we, I had asked Steve uh, months ago. Yeah. I said to him, I says, is it okay if, if we rebrew this? He says, go right ahead. Uh, I, we didn't change the recipe. It's the same, same hops, same yep. everything. Yep. But uh, early returns are that they f- people feel it's better than the first one. That never happens. No. <laughs> Batch one was better. Yeah. And it's just like, how do you remember to to a T a year ago? A year ago, that well, taste. Well, I have no idea. What's funny, let, John? Let, uh, let's uh, let's John, do it. Jonathan. Jonathan, uh, his his partner yeah. asked me, "Do you have any of the original?" I go, "I have a four pack." He goes, "God damn you, that's not." I go, "I save." We can't every- release the new one until we get I that say, out I of existence. I save everything just yeah. to see how the packaging came along, right, how right. how it stood up. Yeah, you, you kind of have to do that. Yeah, yeah. You always have to save something, even if it's going to taste horribly, you know, down the road. But okay. if it was done well and it was packaged right. So I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And again, we don't rate beer or anything, but no. I'm going to give you my thoughts. More Nelson this time. It has more of the Nelson Savion hop flavoring in there than the last time. Uh, maybe it's the beer I got. Maybe it's the can I got. But definitely more flavorful than the first time. Not that the first one was bad. This one has a, a, like more of what you... Okay. It has there more, is more, na- more Nelson. There is, more, more Nelson. I, I wanted to see if you would notice it. Okay. There is... We had made a a slight change. Okay. To when we do our additions. Okay. Nothing is done practically during the boil. Hmm. And then we were able with the equipment. It's all dry hopped. It's no. It's mm-hmm. there's a little mm-hmm. before transfer. Okay. But little little we, whirlpool we're, we're, in we're, action. Ah. We're ch- chilling it down before. We complete the transfer and and hop it then, what and is, then we dry hop. What did that do? Well, in your opinion, like we're what was finding, the? We're finding out with most of the IPAs that we do. Yeah, it removes a, a lot of that bitterness that some some IPAs have because we don't filter, we don't use uh, clarifiers oh or anything. Right, we just cold crash, and that's. Yeah, and this is what you get. Well, you got the the look. I mean, the the haze is there. Yeah, like people love the the flavor is more Nelson as mm-hmm. as the can says for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you mm-hmm. you're getting good responses, correct? They're like this is Early, now. Well, it. I will yeah. tell you, it only hit Early the brewery the today. Okay, I we didn't only have started, the first one. You only, we only started canning. We only canned it at two thirty this afternoon. Oh, so this still has can kind of uh, little package shock. Package shock, but I still, didn't have the first it's, one. It's, but this people, is better. People have it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the first like one. Yeah, yeah, but this one unequivocally better. And I and because when I came here today, my spot was open yeah. uh, for parking, so it's definitely better. Definitely better. <laughs> yes, definitely better. <laughs> but it, it's 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 like you know. Um, and you haven't changed anything in the equipment. It's just no. about the process. Just the process. Mm. Because we, because we, good. you know, if you remove some of that bitterness, the later you can do it, mm-hmm. the, the less bitterness you can get. Do it at a different temp. We we experimented, and it's been we've been doing it with a lot of the IPAs. JC, does it sound familiar? Have you gone through that process of of changing your timings and and fixing? 
you know, like not irregularities, but things that you think could be better that would make your beer, uh, you know, what it is. All what you're looking day. for. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, the time. So the process he's talking about, it's kind of commonly referred to as cool pooling yes. instead of whirlpooling. So mm. you're, you're dropping that temperature down to, yep. to kind of, um, uh, you know, ch- change that isomerization yep. percentage of the alpha acids. And, uh, you know, you, you can get it as low as uh, 150, 160. You, you, mm-hmm. you might be a little bit concerned about um, uh, being sanitary at those temperatures, depending on how long you're, you're, you've got your hop stand for. Um, but you'll you'll definitely retain more uh, flavor and aromatics and reduce that that bitterness impact. So you c- you can potentially add more hops at, mm-hmm. at that cool pooling stage um, for the same bitterness, but really crank up the uh, the aroma and flavor mm. that you get, which is different at that stage than uh, if you uh, strictly reserve that hop uh, for dry hops sure. um it is a, yeah. it is a year later so i don't know if you're also dealing with a, a newer uh hop harvest the, the, that's true the too that, yeah yeah the farm that we work with in in new zealand um they are unbelievable in their quality and somehow they outdo themselves every year so you're just going to see natural variation from year to year but the the freestyle farm that we work with out oh, of new zealand yeah, freestyle there yeah mm-hmm. they're unbelievable quality now, you guys, I know you were talking about before with Congress being Mosaic and Citra being in... Um, nope, Galaxy. Galaxy, sorry. Galaxy. And yep. I meant uh, Citra being in uh, Four Point, right? So have you guys uh, done like a, uh, a a Nelson forward beer? Oh, yeah, several of them. Yeah. Our, so we, we um, part of the, you know... Part of what we really found uh, early on and why we have the street series of IPAs, um, I think we, we, I was seeing a lot of recipes, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, clones, that sort of thing, that had what felt like a whole bunch of different kinds of hops in them. And I really wanted to learn more about what each hop did on their own and how expressive and like kind of the range within them. And I didn't really want to dilute the character of one hop with another one. Right. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a street series of IPAs that kind of followed on that base recipe from Congress street and uh, Stillings street. Also Which we have in, right in here, our area. double dry hop Stillings street. Yep. Yep. There you go. Uh, that's, uh, that's our Nelson Ford uh, street beer. <clears throat> uh, what about Nectaron? You guys been using that yet? We, um, we've done a couple small pilots with it. I've talked to a couple of uh, brewers um, in the Pacific Islands, and um, that is not super high on our list to bring forward. Um, we're really looking for something that is very differentiated from stuff that's already out there, which is a tall order because there's some yeah, unbelievable easy. hops yeah. out there. Sure. So the, the one new hop that we are excited about um, is called Peacherine. Oh, oh yeah, yes. So they're just adding in and tobacco flavor profiles <laughs> in a way, right? I mean, that's well, what they're, they're doing. They're like, mm. they're they're combining the idea of uh, it's really it's like a lot of stone fruit, but it's not only and distinctly peach. It's also like uh, uh, it's got some citrus character in there, so yeah. tangerine. So I'll ask the uh, the question that Peter had that oh, I stopped no, him from asking. Ask if we're gonna ask if I'm allowed to ask you, a dumb question, just ask it. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. My 
Mike saw me leaning towards the mic with a stupid smirk on my face, and he just <laughs> shook his head like, "No, don't." Uh, but would you say that that uh, that farm in New Zealand uh, that was uh, cultivating those hops for you? Would you say they are the lord of the hops? <laughs> and that's that's as dumb as please, you don't even the, don't have to. I know it's a Lord that of the Rings just, reference. Cause why did you let him say that? He couldn't. He couldn't. Why did you let him? He couldn't. I'd be embarrassed. For him. No, he couldn't sit another five minutes without having to ask that. You should have went outside and just yelled. (laughs) And it would have been the same, just like, scream into the wind. (laughs) He would have had more. It would have been better for him just to get out. Look, he needed to get out. This is why. He's so relieved. No. No, no. He's so relieved that he got that out there. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to get him like a pillow so he can just. Yes, yes. yes. Well, that's what he does at home every before he goes to bed, it'll he be screams on, into the pillow. It'll, Why? It'll be in our new merch shop. It'll be Pete's pillow. <laughs> Pete's pillow. You just scream uh, your just screaming scream your ear. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel better. Yes. Okay, see? Oh yeah. He I, feels knew, better I saw now. it building up inside of him. He was just okay. <laughs> so much so he had to text it to us sit, and say, "I can't sit still." I was going to say this, but Mike no, stopped me. No, and Mike you know what? Just, I probably shouldn't have stopped you. I thought it was going to be. This is why I put my phone upside upside down because I he I know he says things. Well, I can't do that. I got time running to us, and then I get like. <laughs> oh boy, I'm going with that. And uh, <laughs> okay, <sighs> I want to get into a, a couple of things with you, JC. Uh, we we yep. we've had, beer. yeah, we've had a bunch of beers, so that's that's for sure. Um, let's talk about what do we have first? The uh, the Olmstead. Yes. Yeah, the Olmstead. So this was a uh, again. You guys are known for your double dryest. Every time that I've had a double dry hop from you guys. It has been something that I can just wrap my head around in two seconds. This is part of the Emerald Necklace series. Um, again, you're, you're, you're following your branding. You're doing everything you're supposed to do here. Give us a little breakdown about the Olmstead. That's where we started tonight. Yeah, we're, we're using um, uh, uh, the Olmstead series, just to back up there, is part of um, – uh, kind of a celebration of the park system in oh, Boston. Yeah. Not your not your typical subject matter for a beer label. <laughs> um, but we're, I thought everybody we're, does that. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, they, we're very um, you know we're very proud of our city and we're like we love to celebrate all parts of it and um, and and actually like there's a lot of incredible stuff hiding under uh, hiding in, in plain sight. For folks, so uh, Frederick Law Olmsted designed the the park system in the Boston area, um, and you know it gives us a chance to kind of talk about the different areas and kind of try um, different combinations of hops and and uh, different grists um, oh, across man. across uh, you know a similar a similar theme. So we've got Franklin Park, we've got um, you know the the Boston the the Common uh, the Boston Common. Yeah, I've seen that, that one. Do. Yep. Yeah, we just came out with that for our new beer garden. So, um, kind of celebrating everything that there is. So, uh, focusing uh, particular um, for different uh, flaked grains within the Olmstead series. So Ooh, that was okay. very edifying on the impact of, of texture and any kind of flavor that might come through in that uh, pre-gelatinized grain. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of myth and lore around uh, around. Uh, New England IPAs, and that we, you know, there's just a ton of unmalted wheat or yep. oats or something like that in there. Corn. And, um, which is kind of funny because there was, it was a number of years before we even tried doing that, but mm. people just assumed that we have just a bunch of starch that was causing the haze in our, in our beers. So, uh, Are you guys, do you guys lean more towards flake or malt? 
we hardly ever used uh, uh, flaked yep. in, in almost any of our uh, our New England IPAs. And that's crazy because you would almost associate if you've had another beer that was in that same ballpark, you would ask them what it is, and they'd be like, oh, that's a lot of flaked wheat. Well, you know what? Yeah. Early on, <clears throat> a lot of brewers were using flake. Yeah. Flake wheat, flake oats, you know, yep. and then – after realizing that it really didn't really do anything, uh, except for get your mash stuck, right? Um, <laughs> you, uh, you you know you you turn to malts and it's yeah you could get similar results. You get better. All you could definitely get better results. Yeah. <clears throat> what's a grain bill in Olmsted? What's what's the actual grains we're using in this guy? Um. I would ask you to go onto Trillium, <laughs> TrilliumBrewing.com to take a look at the uh, the recipe that's on the website there. Oh, cool. No, you actually post all of your recipes? Yeah, we do. We do. Like I said, we really like to be up front, and um, I don't know. There's not really much to hide, and like, I, like I said before, we're really happy to talk to, to folks about their process. If you got a specific question, I'm, I'm more than happy to, yeah. to answer it. Um, uh, general questions about how do you make the beer? It's, it's not something that I'm, I, I'll take time at, but if somebody's like, Hey, I'm trying to get this thing done and it's just not going for me. If this is what I do. Do you see any, like any opportunities for me to, to make it better? Whether it's a home brewer or uh, a professional brewer, we'll, you know, check out our recipes on our, on our website. Yeah. Um, it's all list here. The grist. We list the grist, um, ABV and hop varieties that we use in there. And then, um, yeah, if there's any uh, non-traditional ingredients, we put them there as well. While we're talking about the beers, uh, one of the beers that, you know, obviously to me as an audio engineer really got me was Headroom. Headroom with the, the nice penciled uh, nice. mixing board. Yeah. And you had one of those giant posters sitting in Canton that I was eyeing every, every time I was there. Mike tried to steal it, and they took him out and in No one cuffs. stole anything. Yeah. I, was, I did inquire at the shop in, in the old location in Canton. You know, can I buy the posters? They're like, no, we had them custom made. We put us posted up. I guess that's what I was told. But uh, that that particular you know label that that brand got me, man. Like that was the one where I was like, I love the sketch of that freaking it's the graphics, mixing board. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, and and the black on white and just stands yeah. out. It's fantastic, and you also have you know beers like Big Bird. That you know, just get people almost like a you know charcoal kind of uh, big bird legs, um, and then you have you know landscapes, something like Central Artery, which was all about cityscapes and stuff like that. If you look at all the the uh, the, the daily serving, right? You always have the stopwatch, and then all of their sour beers with their raspberry, blackberry, strawberry, all their mixations with with the sour. Oh my God! I mean, just the the overall branding blows my mind and how you guys come up with all of the labels that just catch my eye immediately i go that's trillium and well, you just know well not only that but you'll see that you know that same label or that the way it's that again you, you, you're using that stencil-y mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's a burst of red color or something yeah and then you're like okay this is something different what's going on and that's a, a great way of basically showing somebody Okay, yeah, this is maybe the sour, or maybe you know this is one of the fruited, you know, uh, beers, and it stands out, but in a great way. Yeah, we're pretty judicious with how we use color, and like yeah. you're right, like we do punch that up, obviously for um, for the daily serving, 
beers, oh, yeah. um, and we use it much uh, use more earth tone type colors and lots of other labels. So, yeah, head headroom. If folks don't know, that was um, boy. I still remember getting the uh, the phone call from from one of our uh, from Paul. He was working in the cellar at the time. This is still out of Congress Street. Um, he he texts me. And, and then called me back later. He's like, he just felt really uncomfortable with how much, how, how much hops I was asking him to put into the, into the dry up for that beer. Um, but head, head, the headroom is, is kind of a, a, a music concept or sort of an amplified music concept where um, it's where an amplifier can actually bring the, the volume up or the power to speakers uh, for a very short window of time and not have distortion. So um, and then if it kind of stays up there for too long, then that, then that's where things start to go haywire. So that's a that's a that's a concept that um, we wanted to kind of convey with just how intensely hot um, these beers were. But like in the right moment, in the right time, everything just kind of sings together. So you really was, pulled that, together that, a lot of those concepts that you guys are thinking, like, how can we take beer to a conceptual level and, and make it something where there's a story behind every single one? Yeah, we, we really try hard at that. It's it's getting extremely difficult though. We, <laughs> we've got a Mex we've got a Mexican lager we want to put out for the summer, but every concept that we that we've come up with so far over the last couple of months is just it's been taken, you know. Yeah. So Sam Sims um, did it. You know what though? I yeah. So if you got any ideas for like a New England summer concept, send them my way, man. I'm out of like I'm just about out of ideas. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> You know, it's a great idea if you do just like Seinfeld theme beers. Oh, <laughs> that, no, that's all you. Dude. Wait, who? Wait, who does those things? He, they'd have to do something like uh, Boston Radio or whatever. That what was that? Um, the, uh, what was that TV show with uh, the Boston name? I can't think of. Uh, was Michael J. Fox in that one? No. Was it the Joe Rogan I'm one? Lost. Chicago Radio? I don't know. It was. It was. Uh, it was a oh, sitcom God, with Joe oh, News Rogan. Radio? News radio. News radio. News radio. But that wasn't was in Boston. Boston no, I don't no, no, that wasn't. No, what was the other one that was in Boston? That was uh, yeah, cousin from Boston. Boston. No, Are you thinking of uh, Boston Legal? No, man. No, no maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just getting them all mixed up. Just naming shows it's with fine. Boston in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really quick. You guys have uh, a bunch <laughs> of the the street. Cheers. Cheers. Fucking cheers. Well, yes, but that that's it's, it's it's too on the nose for them. You know, it's like uh, people are like. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is it uh, too cringe, Mike? Yeah, a little bit. Come just on. just for like, them. We like using a term now, cringe. I mean, think about it. Their name comes from a flower, correct? I mean, we're, the the word trillium is about the trillium flower. Yeah, like I said, like a, a, another not super uh, common approach to naming a brewery after a native New England wildflower. Yeah. Um, yeah it was either that, that. It was either that you just call it Boston. <laughs> Boston. Just, just Boston. Boston beer. beer Company was taken. So yeah, I mean, taken. Bastards. Yeah, might as well. See, it's always something, something taken. Um, so you guys, uh, you know, obviously, call it the Mass Pike Brewing Company. <laughs> <laughs> the Mass Pike Brewing Company. Big Dig beers. Yeah. Oh. oh. Remember the big dig? The right? big and dig. Just have like just a bunch of uh, you know cars just fucking all drawings. over the place. All right. Well, listen, we're we're out of our uh, our element here. There, spider. We can't. Spider. spider. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, you guys, you talking about the street series before? D- how many beers were in that series? Because I remember Sillings. We remember Congress, um, A Street. Uh, yeah. There's oh, there's yeah. so many other street series. 
you know, uh, how many do you think you guys have produced over the last, you know, 10 years or so? You know, I, re- I really wish Four Point was a bigger neighborhood because we ran out of streets. Stillings. <laughs> yeah, right. You right. You ran out of uh, beers to name after. The, yeah, yeah so, there, there's only six or seven streets. Farnsworth. Um, Farnsworth. That's yes. another one. Yep. Um, Summer Melcher. Street. Yep. Dol- yes, Dol- I, yep. You know what? I pretty much had every single every one of them. Every single one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you Probably guys. The one that people don't remember because we only brewed it a couple of times. Was Pittsburgh Street? Oh shit! Really? I don't recall that I one. I don't recall that one at yeah. all. Another one to look up on the internet. Yeah, that's <laughs> find out what that's brewed up. I gotta find one of those cans somebody yeah. has. I, I'm I'm looking uh, through. You know, like you said, some of the um, the descriptions are out there, but a lot of descriptions are for current beers that you guys have in serving in many of the locations. So I'm just trying to go through some of the ones like Scaled. I love Scaled. Scaled is. Oh, yeah. A delicious beer, um, you know it. It gives a great description here of everything that's involved with this beer. Developed fermentation profile, grass couple of fundamental elements. You guys have great descriptions on your website oh. that kind of give you a, a great insight into kind of what you're about to experience. Now this one, I was really I had to bring this. I only had one left. Pocket pigeon. Oh yeah, pocket pigeon. That is an odd name. Love pocket but pigeon. I that's what I'm really interested. Where did pocket pigeon come from? I know there's a backstory. A, we have a series of uh, of pale ales. Where did the name the come small... from? Wrong answers only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, a series uh, uh, of pale ales called the Small Bird series. Yes, and um, you know we really like you know when we started with Fort Point Pale Ale, I was kind of putting a stake in the ground because you know you. you you are you do look at other breweries as a frame of reference, right? Yeah, so, of course, sure. Um, you know, you know, a, a landmark or like you know an aspirational thing for something that we really appreciated that do such a crazy range of styles extraordinarily well, um, and uh, are huge in the industry for a lot of different reasons, not just in the quality of beer that they make. Is Russian River? So mm. they they um, they put a clear stake in the ground as to what how they were going to approach their hoppy beers and um i kind of want to do the same so with four point pale ale oh awesome um it's obviously not a pale ale it's obviously an ipa <laughs> but i wanted to let people know that we're going to be doing something pretty crazy with our hoppy beer program from day one even though you know we hadn't really come up with that many beers yet so that started at 6.6 percent um abv that's it that's ipa world right yeah mm-hmm. So that left a big space uh, for actual pale ales. So um, I'm I'm kind of mostly thinking uh, beer recipes and you know how do how do things fit together on a menu first, and then let's develop the brand second. So okay. we were going to develop a, a series uh, around the there's a bunch of islands in the Boston Harbor. So we we're going to just name them after all the different islands okay in the harbor kind of following along the uh the idea of have a, the different streets in in uh in, in fort point so i'm still working my full-time job at that point and i'm texting back back and forth with esther who's like we're gonna need a name for this beer we're opening in two hours i gotta call the chalkboard what is the name of this beer and they're like that's we're down to the wire on it and um i was just looking through the list and you know the most obvious one out of all of the of the of the islands 
on uh, the Boston Harbor uh, just said, well, well, why don't we go with Little Brewster? Mm. Um, and my phone auto autocorrected Brewster to Rooster. So um, she she saw Little Rooster and she wrote, <laughs> wrote back. Are you sure? I don't think. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I don't think this is like a good brand. <laughs> um, and then I, and then smart woman. <laughs> and then I said, "Well, that's not what I, I." Yeah, you're right. That's not what I said. And she's, she's like, "We can't name a, a beer that means tiny cock." So, <laughs> that's fair. So then, of course, I had to go there. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah there, no, that, everybody that was tracks. laughing so hard, and it's like that's just one of those hilarious, funny moments. But then that's how we have our little bird series. Ah. But now, I mean, Again, are you going to pocket I mean, pigeon? <laughs> but like, now you're gonna come out with little rooster, right? Like that's gonna you have to have. Oh, we have little little rooster was the first one. There we there's, go. A whole, okay, there's a whole bunch of uh, small beer, small bird pale ales. Well, so uh, what, what is that? Uh, isn't there a, a sparrow called the tit? So we got to get that one going. <laughs> is there? Yes. Well, no, we, we, yes. We try not to go on the nose. Uh, <laughs> ah, ah, there you go. So it's the little breast. Uh, well, I've had, you know what? It's funny. I've had a uh, Kolsch from uh, Brewery in Vermont. I can't remember the name of it, but it's called Weebird. And I wonder if they're ripping off hmm. the Little Bird series. Could be. Well, what about Warbler then? Ooh. Well, he had a whole backstory he, about well, his time yes. in the Boy Scouts. Yes, yes, so he, yes he did. I yes, think he, he came did. up with that independently. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. All the different breweries that we have on, we go through this whole thing of how the names came about. Uh, I myself, you know, owning a brewery. I, just some of the names are just bizarre and 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 like the Seinfeld ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they have meaning. Uh, they come f- from a reason. Uh, not everybody knows it, but a lot of times the brew staff or or just the you know everybody that works for the brewery knows that story and where it comes from, and and it almost makes you feel like yeah, I know you don't, and and you wonder if, what is the stories behind Space Tacos then. Well, man, the space tacos, bro. Yeah, <laughs> the space tacos, and and that was like a big seller for us. So, I mean, I space. I saw the name on the board, and I was like, well, obviously, see, I need exactly, that beer. space tacos. You have to have that, especially <laughs> if you go to a Mex- Mexican restaurant and it's I on did. Top. I went to Del Fuego. Yeah, and, and it had space tacos. And on. It was great. So of course, it <laughs> uh, JC, what is the one common question that not only your beer tenders, you know, kind of get, but what you get? Uh, via email or on you know any of the social media, what's like that one question that everyone asks every time? Um, why don't Why don't you distribute? <laughs> well, why don't yeah, you distribute? Yeah, why, do, yeah, why well, are you they, limited? They make a lot of don't have to. They make yes. a lot of money out of the tasting rooms. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah, so there's um, uh, the answer has changed over the years. Mm. You know, at first it was like, yeah, there's not even we were running out of beer for our our own tap rooms, um, and then that actually allowed us to kind of uh, basically reinvest some of that margin back into the beer recipes, mm-hmm. um, and you know that that turned into um, recognizing how things change and evolve in the distribution market and that's generally not for the better you know so yeah. um the, the beer distribution market can be particularly brutal on beer especially if it's not really designed for that so there's beers that, that can handle the distribution world readily and easily and, and they're great 
um, two months, three months, six months, a year sure. after they've been brewed. Um, a lot of the beers that we make are extraordinarily fragile. Mm-hmm. So um, we're dipping our toe, and that's why you probably have some of the some of the beer in front of you now. Is, is we're, just, we're trying to figure that out, how to make that work. Um, you know, we we expect that there's a, a lifespan for any beer, and like if we're if we're going to continue to be successful, ten years from now, thirty, forty, fifty years from now, that likely involves distribution. So um, establishing the relationship with the right distributors and um, uh, making sure that they are get in turn getting it into the hands of folks that can treat it well and, and make sure that they're ordering enough but not too much and all of those things. It's a it's a very strange and scary world for us, but we're we're trying to adapt and we're trying to um, finally get the beer out there um, into the right hands. So that what what more beer would you want to distribute? So like what what beer would you want to get out to? Sorry, what would be that first beer? That yeah, you, what would you, you want to get, get out there? that like says like this <laughs> He's for, just like for people yeah, that, that you know, one. Yeah. haven't haven't I, had I don't know like before. like I said we don't like we we have not really spent much time or focus on like kind of following the rules of what works mm-hmm. in a distribution model um well no, what what works for you what do you think like uh, yeah what's your number if one if you had seller? your druthers like I, I I can put whatever beer out in you know the entire northeast right now what what would that beer be you know Every every bottle shop it's going to end up with every distributor has you know what is going to treat it with respect. I think yeah, what represents you yeah. the best, right? But, yeah, but it's like, it's like what represents you the best and and has like you know the ability to to stand up to the abuse that happens in yep. the distribution. <laughs> oh no, he's he's no no what, what, no he's one hundred percent correct. Yeah. If especially their their beer you. And as everybody, as anybody knows, you want the freshest beer you can yes. get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and specifically what they're doing, certain things are only going to be shelf-stable. Right. And and again, you know, they could be fantastic on, on all their, like, dis, you know, the DO, dissolved oxygen, yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, hops break down. And, yeah. you know... A Budweiser is going to last on the shelves for you know. <laughs> no, I'm uh, being serious. Yeah. A Budweiser will last for s- so many months yeah. on the shelves before they'll get pulled. Right. Where you know when you're looking at some of the beers that we've had tonight, so you know weeks. how uh, well, so many yeah so many weeks down the road, you notice a fall off. Well, we don't. Do you notice anything right now? And we've had them in our coolers in our refrigerators since I pulled them down. Probably a month ago, yeah. right? Yep. And I don't, I don't notice anything, especially from uh, is it Elliot or Elot Street? Is that what it is? Elliot Tower. It is Elliot. Elliot Tower. Sorry. Elliot Tower. Sorry, I was, I was getting wrapped up with the street. The names. streets. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I mean Elliot Tower. I had at the brewery in Canton. Blew my socks off. I had to. T- I took actually two four packs home. Steve took one. I took two. Um, amazing beer. Nothing to me has kind of no. dropped off at all, but but again, not everyone treats that that beer the same. Not everyone will put in a cooler or right, put in right. the cold box. And, right. Yeah, and it let could it be, be on. Featured. It could be in some Home D's yeah. shelf in the underneath, sunlight underneath. Yeah, underneath the heater. Yeah, that's keeping his place. I think warm. we're talking him out of distribution right now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're like, you know what? Don't bother. This this. At this point, no, no we've reason. Done, we've done the we've done the aging the accelerated aging tests. So yes, yes. Uh, yes. You know, what, I was, was going to ask most, that. 
what's the most important factor in, in all of this? Is it, um, is it TPO or DO levels at packaging or in the cellar? Is it uh, temperature swings? Mm-hmm. Is it hot, cold, hot, cold? Yeah. Or is it, you know, is it? Because that happens know, too. They'll, they'll bring it in. They'll put it in the cooler. It'll sit there for a week. They'll pull it out. They'll put it on the shelf. They'll put it back in because it's, it's sold one. And they're like, all right, let's get it cold. And let's feature but, it again. But think about it. Yeah, so the, the, short, the short version and the, the, the outcome of that study basically says more time spent at a higher temperature equals worse. Yes. So yes. <laughs> that's, even, that, that's even worse than like a, a perfectly packaged beer spent at uh, room temperature mm-hmm. is a ton worse than something that's way out of D, uh, DO spec at packaging mm. and stored cold. Oh, that's interesting. That's it's interesting. not even close. I'm glad, I'm glad you so, did that research for everybody and just well, think gave about everyone it. that, yeah, that yeah, and, I, and I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, because you guys are probably that. right on the DO. Yeah. Yeah, you can control DO with, with uh, equipment and practices sure. and measuring and, and you know, training you do everything and all those right, kinds of And that beer just distributor your, can still fuck it up for you. Yeah. Just your SOPs, yeah. you know, what you're doing in-house, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're keeping your parts per million really low on your DO and your packaging is great and, and all that. But like you said, think about when we see distributing vehicles out here. Yeah. Are they refrigerated? No. 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 Charlie's like, Charlie knows. Absolutely not. Auto distros themselves, they do have some refrigeration. Well, if you go to Manhattan or something like that. Most most of the places that it goes to, your beer is out, sitting out on a shelf. And what happens if the guy turns around at the end of the day and shuts off the air conditioner and it's like 90-something degrees all night long? And then they kick it on and when they come in in the morning. I you probably like, don't have that as much in the New England, uh, like ups, upper mid- right. Massachusetts, but you still have your 90-degree spouts for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Long Island, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a guy that throws your stuff in the window, Again, direct sunlight. On a vehicle that's yep. not refrigerated. Sitting there for a day or so and waiting to go out for distro mm-hmm. and then hitting the oil. And Sitting in a warehouse. But, well, they, well, how about this? Putting the air conditioner on. Getting that space to be, you know, like seventy-two degrees, and then bringing in, getting it back down to like forty, and then putting it back out on the shelves at seventy, eighty. Yeah, it, it it's it's a volatile. Right. You don't have to talk him out of it. He's not no, doing I, it. I, I, <laughs> right. yeah. No, he's going to do it. He knows it's long-standing, but it's it's about the quality control. All right. Now here's my other question. What yeah, about I, what about distribution via, um, you know, like Tavor? You know, not even Tavor. I don't want to say Tavor, but... But, yeah, I mean, a, a few breweries are, are doing this. They will ship. I mean, other half ships. Um, well, they ship, just not everywhere. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's yeah, the, my other question. You know, you, you guys are, you guys have a small, um, you know, footprint of where you will ship. Is that yeah. going to expand? Um, you know, there's, there's only so many states. It's like weird interstate reciprocity rules and no yeah it's really it's, it's really annoying and really boring how we can't we just can't <laughs> ship mm-hmm. like it's ridiculous it's like every stage is different so different it's, yeah. it makes no sense to me yeah. it's like oh, these stupid arcane alcohol laws so yep. we ship yeah. to the states that can make sense for us in the way that we operate like if we need to get label approval for something hmm that's a big from, deal huh? from the federal government and then the state and that yep. takes them 
three months. It was like, well, yeah. the beer's already sold through. So like, yeah. you know, and we can't offer, um, you know, a third of our available beers in a state at any one time. Cause at any one time that might be, I don't know, two or three beers. And it's just, it's just a ridiculous headache. So well, I makes... wish it was simpler. I wish we could just sh- ship beer everywhere and it, it wouldn't be a problem. I, you know, but in order to do that, we probably would have to work with a third party and then mm-hmm. they take a huge cut and like, why, well then why aren't we just distributing it into those States normally? And I don't know. I well, wish it was less but the importance of a place like hopscotch that can, that they can, you know, get that deal going right to, to do direct to consumer kind of concept where the bottle shop in that state can come and place the order locally and then come in and sell it and it really not, you know, kind of crossing any of those state guidelines of shipping and stuff like that. So for the most part, I mean, if every single, you know, let's say small city suburban area had a bottle shop that could kind of create that deal it would make things a lot easier and it would put pressure on the states and the federal government to kind of put more of a uh, a program in place where this could happen at a much better level yeah yeah there's there's a lot of shops that will um that will do a lot of pre-ordering with our beer for for their for their customers so they'll sign up for lists like call lists. hey call me if you ever get x y or z beer in from this brewery yeah um, and then that really helps with sales velocity, which helps ensure that beers aren't sitting out warm or, you know, sure. not getting sold sure. through. In the, yeah, and you know you know that what you're brewing is going to go out the door tomorrow. And you know yeah. that's going to go like, right like I on. Said, to- we, design, we, we design beers for, like, flavor, aroma, and taste first. And then, you know, ability to withstand the, the distribution world was mm-hmm. not even a consideration then. So, right. you know, th- there's some brands that, that that will uh, sell through very quickly in the right amounts in the right markets, and that's that that works out great. Um, and you got to make sure that you send not too much because otherwise it, it does have the chance of sitting out warm. And then that Ooh. could be somebody's first experience with that beer, and they might yeah. say, "Really make shit beer." So what, I don't get what all the hype is about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hype is. I came here and this place is 113 degrees, (laughs) and the beer is out in the sun and uh, double dry hopped. Just (laughs) is crap. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, you take all the time and the effort to make this product that you're passionate about making, and you want it to be the best product that you can put out there, and it leaves. You know, you package it, and now you're like. Okay, this is exactly or you know what I wanted, and to leave it in somebody else's hands, it's you know, I I always say it's like leaving my child with someone that I really don't know who they are, and hoping when I come back, this you know the kid's in good shape. I think but, you might want to revisit a relationship that you have with beer. <laughs> well, you, you, you see, as a functioning alcoholic, yes. um, I uh, no. Um, Charlie, are you finding the same thing with well, know, that, those same? You got to remember back when Charlie first started brewing beer. <laughs> Here we go. Um, it was a pot that was found in a field of grain that <laughs> was left story. out in the rain, and it got to it like a week later. And oh wait, no, that was Egyptian times. Never mind. Uh, oh boy, are you talking about kombucha with people spitting? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, no. Yeah. But you're finding the Peruvian same thing here locally beer. too, right? I mean, you're you're having the trouble trying to get things uh, a little further away. Same problem with the distros and everything right yeah yeah it, it it's almost behooves you 
to just if you can do it locally through your yourself self distro yeah you have a better control of how and where it goes and how much because it, otherwise it can it it becomes they they come they i know well you as I, you I, know not, you not, always want it out of your 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 tasting room you always want yeah. your tap room to be the focal point of people come in and get those cans and, and leave because it went from you where you know where you've stored it you've when you packaged it right and they're taking it home oh, it's yeah. the yeah. best scenario yeah well it's like the three-legged stool your tasting room as far as draft will always do certain amount depending upon the space you have and how many people you can get in your second leg can grow and is also a profitable is is the second most profitable leg is you're selling your own product in cans crawlers and growlers out the door to your customers the third leg is not so profitable but then it has unlimited growth and that's going out the back door, dish, as we right, call yeah. it. Especially, and if you bring in a distributor who takes thirty something percent of your uh, of what you're profit margin, for, yeah. it, it's killing. It kills you yeah. after a while. And you're you're killing yourself to to produce that much beer to satisfy their needs to get it out to the yeah. local D's. And sometimes they only say like, "Oh, I'll only take. I only want this, and I want it every month." Right. And then they don't take it. Right. Well, also, you now are pressured to produce only that. Yeah. A- and, like, if I want to produce, you know, uh, in bloom all, mm. all the time, now that clogs up your schedule. Right. Like, where you were trying to expand and get something in, like, get a new seasonal or right. something that, that, you know, you want your local customers to enjoy, mm-hmm. then now you maybe handcuffed to, yeah. to what you want yeah. to do. And yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it comes down to two. You're... you're you're better hyper local, yeah. Like your group of people that come to your area, mm-hmm. they'll come to you. They'll come to Spider Bite because you guys are very, you know, within not even a mile of each other. Um, yeah, you and 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 but you see the same people. You want that hyper local, where Trillium, yeah, they're in, they cannot be hyper local. Because way too many people want them, right? Um, and they can find them in any part of the the let's say regional area. If you say like in the Boston between the city and the suburbs, they can find a trillion that's closest to them within twenty five minutes. You know, and what I find right. interesting because there are a, a decent amount of breweries in the area. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you have Night Shift, you have um, Lord Ship, Hobo, Lord Hobo Shipyard. Um, the big one was why can't I think we drank there? Uh, where do we go? We go into uh, uh, it. We we walked to it. Remember we shipyard. walked? No, it wasn't shipyard. No, no. Harpoon. 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 Thank Harpoon. you. God damn it! How Jesus. Does, how do you know where we were? <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly where he we were. He knows what we were doing. We hey, were, on that trip too. Do you remember when I? I don't remember I much did, after Trillium. I, I, I after said, Trillium, I, I was I really I bet you drunk. guys, if nice. I could jump in the river and swim to the... Yes, you did say that. Yeah. yeah you did say you that. guys wouldn't I let do me do it. That. You no, guys I, wouldn't yeah. let me do it. Because the walls, the the, the way the, uh, the the canal is there, they're all angled ah, in. There's no way you're going to claw up. Do you want to go back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I'll take that bet now. 
Oh, okay. oh, well, I guess. <laughs> I can swim like a fish. All right, JC, I got a couple of questions for you because we're getting close to the end here. Um, number one, what do you guys have in store for the future? What can the audience uh, My, hear here about what's coming up? I got a problem first. No, 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 no. No, I have a big problem. Oh, uh, what's the problem? You're empty? Uh, no. Okay. Um, so I love the beer. Everything is wonderful about it. Pocket Pigeon? Everything's great. Uh, but this Elliott Tower label is on Crooked. Oh. So I have to give it a half a star. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the way it goes sometimes. We, we drank the shit out of it, but yet, mm, you know, four and a half. Oh, I hate people so much. Uh, uh, so what do you guys have coming up? Do you guys have any big plans, any new locations, anything else going on that's that's major that people need to know? Well, we we, um, we built our new location in Canton. Yeah. Uh, we were able to... Yeah, we were able to purchase. Um, it's a twenty-acre property. So, by the way, we, wait, wait. Oh, so, to, to go into purchase, that, I mean, you own that. Yeah, dude, this thing yeah, so es- is a es- beer. Esther and I campus. never. Um, we we you know we we didn't build Trillium to like sell it and make a whole bunch of money one day. We, you know, we we really love being uh, stewards of it and like growing it in the way that is sustainable for us and our team. So um, part of that, you know, opportunity came out to buy that property Uh, and then COVID happened. And then we were like, Oh shit, let's like be a little (laughs) bit judicious with like how we approach this thing. Um, So let's split out the build out into building the restaurant and pilot brewery first uh, and beer, you know, big beer garden out there. And then how big is your, how big is your pilot brewery? It's a um, it's a barrel. five barrel <laughs> system, but we can actually squeeze out ten barrels of okay, lower Jesus. gravity beer. Nice, yeah. must be nice. Yep. nice. Must be. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. So we uh, we also built a small distillery, but we're, uh, we're so you know phase two is then building out um, kind of our our forever home brewery mm-hmm. and a p- proper production size distillery as well. So we started our whiskey program a few years ago, but as everybody knows. Uh, it takes, you wish it takes you, a little bit. You know, you wish you wish you started your whiskey program ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, the next best time <laughs> to start today. So fair uh, enough. That's coming online in a big way, mm. um, and it really is kind of help us kind of realize that original vision of the, like, the New England Farmhouse Brewery, but then also expand that concept to distillery. But um, we are going to be able to make use of locally grown grain in a much easier way through our distillery because it doesn't need to be malted like it, sure. it would uh, sure. in, in, time, in beer. Time. We can only use a percentage of our, our, our grain grown at the farm, um, you know, kind of relying on the diastatic power of the malt that we mm-hmm. use to convert those starches. But we can use up to 100% uh, of that unmalted grain in, in our whiskeys. So uh, very exciting for the bourbon and rye and single malt to come out of that, mm. out of that program. Mm. You're going to keep the Trillion name attached to that? Yeah, we we've gone back and forth a number of times. Like, how do we um, how do we uh, fight the notion that oh, it's just a brewery that also wants to make whiskey? You know, yeah. how do we how do we fight that? You're not the um, first one. Oh, dogfish head, right? No, but this not, even, they yeah, not gin, even close. They there's, yeah. yeah, there's t- tons of uh, tons of breweries that have, that have done this before. Sure. Yeah. Um, so how can we do it in a methodical way and like? we're not going to brand our way out of this the only way to, <laughs> to properly convey this is in the the quality of the uh, make uh, good uh, products uh, right yeah. make it right so um and i think it'd be um strange if it was a different brand it's being made in the same building you're coming to the same place <laughs> so yeah so i think it'd just be confusing if we try to brand it something else yeah um i do think we're going to sort of like subordinate the the 
the trillium sort of more off to the side. I don't know. We're working on the labels. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be a, a whole process. There you go. There yeah. you go. So that's why we have brainstorm yeah. sessions, right? You just sit there in a room and just start brainstorming things. Yeah. Pepe Silvia on the wall. That's all you need to know. Pepe Silvia. Anyone that watches uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia knows what Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Um, so you guys, you know, obviously you have a lot going on between the farm, the Greenway, Fort Point, Canton. I, I have a question really Miss quick. Fenway. Oh, yeah, Miss Fenway, sorry. Uh, what the hell's wrong with you? I I, I know there's five. I'm just and, and the Boston Red Sox are hot I, right now. So are, well, and the common much yeah. hotter than the freaking New York Yankees, which we are well, not fans Mets. of. By the way, we are Mets fans, but I don't know if that makes it any better for you. No, no it's just um, bad. Nope. So uh, you have this 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 established brewery in Canton. You guys purchased this land. You made a, yep. a beer campus. I mean, I played like 200-yard football with my son out in the front yard, overseeing, like, this beautiful landscape. Was this something that you guys were, like, sitting on, waiting for? Like, how did you get that spot? Because it's fantastic. It really is pretty crazy. So, um, we, you know, we... Having land... I don't know if you guys rent, whatever. Like, having landlords is not awesome. Yep. So we, <laughs> 100 we, agree with you. We, we told the uh, the town administration in Canton like they treated us so well and like we're so um, so supportive and everything that we've done uh, there that we wanted to um, we want to buy a place. We want it to be in Canton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of geographically perfect for us. We bought a house 20 minutes north of here. It's like it's exactly where we want to be. If something should pop up that looks like this or this or this let us know. So um, the Reebok, uh, Reebok is, is, was owned by Adidas mm-hmm. and they decided that they were going to move into the city and kind of downsize um, in kind of their underutilized giant campus. <laughs> so, um, you know, real estate details aside, one parcel was the shitty old, old spot. And then the, the other parcel was this beautiful, crazy new 550,000 square square foot like glass curtain wall two parking garages whatever we got the shitty spot um, <laughs> but, but but the you know the building is ridiculous it's yeah. it's like seven different buildings all glued together it's this mm-hmm. huge nightmare the roof is like a total is trash but we'll, we're gonna we're gonna fix it but um you know it came it came with this property that's right off of 95 this beautiful view of the blue mountain yep um and this like you said there's a five acre front lawn Dude, um, it's ridiculous how big this thing is. And they've sectioned it off a little bit, but you can just run forever. You go through the, the little stockade fence, pfft, you go right out onto 95 or 95 off to the right, but you go right out onto the local street. Dude, it goes forever. It's a, it, and, and from that area all the way out front, as soon as you turn off at 95, you look at and it's just this giant building that just says Trillium right on the side. It's, it's glorious. I'll say that it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it, we're so stoked because, you know, like I said, we really try to build places that can accommodate people and not have to wait in line and just be spread out and comfortable and um, kind of up for whatever the day calls for. So with our occupancy of 750, we can actually fit everybody inside if it's a, if it's a shitty day. Or yeah. everybody can be outside if it's like what we had this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, do you, you know, tables if, as far as the eye can see. The food yeah, is I mean, fantastic. You know, you've, got, 
He doesn't, I'm sure he you guys are like, oh, it's so beautiful out. No. We, should, we, should go, we should go to this place. I want to go sit outside. And then you get to that place and every single t- table is taken. And like, oh, yeah, first available is two hours. And like, oh, you just ruined my day, you know? Well, yeah. just go, go sit yeah. out on the lawn. I mean, it's a tremendous yeah. lawn. You guys have so much room for live venues, so much room for activities. Um, We're all thinking. Yeah, yeah we, I know. 5K there. <laughs> we just did a 5K there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and you have all the trailers that are pulled up. So if you need to kind of have an auxiliary, you know, tap, uh, you know, spot, you have that. You have the cargo containers where you open up and you got your local vendors and anyone else you want to bring them with a food truck. You have a little roundabout there. and the it, Dude, you have it set up so perfectly. It's like summer nights there are going to be out of this world. Out of yeah, this it's world. pretty glorious. <laughs> glorious is the correct word. I like that word. That's a nice word. Glorious. Look, if you guys want to check out Trillium, you just three and a half hours Google search. I've never gone. Or, or no. shut up. <laughs> you, you just go ahead and throw it into your ways. You type in uh, Trillium Canton, and you or just, MapQuest it. Or, 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 map <laughs> or as as Charlie Rand goes, McNally. Rand McNally. <laughs> I, I would have gone with the Garmin, but that's that's oh, still too, too, oh, high, that, that too was, high tech no, for this guy. No, that's vicious. No. Uh, no JC, garment. listen, I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and giving us some, some information uh, about this fantastic brewery that I've been obsessed with uh, since day one of craft, brew, uh, craft beer drinking, for sure. I know these guys are all looking at me like, look at the fanboy freaking wiling out. But that's exactly what it mm. is. I have had uh, I think the only a subtle s- obsession with Trillium since the day I went there because it's one of the first craft beer brew- breweries that I've been to. It's. I was there before Brooklyn. I was there before Dogfish. I was there before. Well, I was uh, just gonna say the only Magic Hat. I was there. The only like, well, the second thing. Get out much. The no, only second thing I think you would be <laughs> as excited for is if we had Sam on from Dogfish. Yeah, and, and, and you could talk about sixty. Oh minutes. my God! All day, all day. <laughs> I would just say we're gonna talk about sixty minutes the entire two hours. But just besides that, Sam I mean, on. this brewery has been like part of my life. For you, so yeah, you long. were up in Boston's. Uh, how, how many, My best friends yeah. both moved to Canton. Like yeah. they moved from Long Island to Canton. And what better than the brewery that started it all for me? To be honest with you, um, that's cool, and, man. And you, and you really, uh, you know, you didn't disappoint tonight. I really appreciate your time and and everything that you guys uh, are doing yeah, up there. Without a doubt, brother. Um, we're going to talk off air after the show's over, but uh, let's give us a uh, give us a big plug for a Trillium. Not that you need it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, give us a plug for Trillium. Like nobody knows who they yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> no one knows who they are. I actually said, by the way, really quick, just to give you a heads up. Um, I actually had uh, brand new neighbors that moved in uh, in the the house behind. Right, they just moved in. And uh, they want something with the property line or whatever, and they, they wanted us to sign off on something. Fine. So I, I we get into talking. We're talking about he, he's from upstate. And I said, oh, uh, you know, I do craft beer show from New York breweries, but we expand way beyond that. We've done Virginia all the way up to, you know, Maine and Massachusetts or whatever. And I said, tonight we have Trillium. They both went. Who? Trillium? Oh. No, no. They both went. Get the hell out of here. Like they knew they weren't huge craft beer drinkers, but they knew the name. And it's just random people that I come across that when I mention that name, it sticks with people. So I'm going to tell you right now, uh, from the people that down here on Long Island, they know about Trillium. They know oh, yeah. about we know about that we know about them. We know about them. <laughs> Charlie, All right. yeah, we not know. for nothing. I yeah. think little people across the United States, right? And I'm not saying just I'm us, just but saying everyone knows yes, about the you. New Yorkers do know. Yeah, yes. So I appreciate your time and everything that yes, you can. Up in Boston. Yeah. Boston. Uh, my daughter was up there for five years. So. Oh, oh yeah, God. that's right. Yeah, she was. she was at the 
you know, I could walk to Fenway Park. Ugh. Mm. Well, now, if you go back to where she was, yeah. you can go you to the can Fenway. Get you can yeah. get Trillium. Yeah. <laughs> I can get Trillium now. There's a Northeastern Simmons College BU all within walkable of wow. uh, Fenway. Yeah, Holy she was, crap. She was off uh, Trifecta. on Commonwealth and near Washington. Oh, Commonwealth. And, Co- and she another went to, street she went, series. She went to yeah. Tufts and SMFA. So. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, uh, Wentworth, too. Is, well, yeah, that's right yeah. there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would cruise Kenny Mass Ave. Mass Ave was my my spot. We would cruise Mass Ave, and then we'd walk all the way over to Fenway and go to uh, uh, the comics shop. Why can't I think of the name of it? Newberry. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, we I spent so much time up in that city. It's like my second home up there. Between mm-hmm. my buddies living up there and me spending so much time, I again, Trillium has been my my kind of like second brewery outside of our local you know breweries here mm. and uh, again you know keep up the great work dude i mean you guys are killing it and with the beer campuses and everything i highly encourage <laughs> everyone that's listening tonight to make a trip over this summer to get up to one of the locations at trillium you will not one be dis- of them one of the f- the five four or five whatever awesome. it is at this point awesome uh you will not be disappointed in everything jc thanks you very much anything yes. you want to uh say before we got in on here Oh, I, I just want to know if um, uh, the thing that you said at the, at the top of the show about mm. the Brewers Hardware like mm. kit coming. I used to I used to get stuff from Brewers Hardware all the time. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a that's a flash from the past. You know, there you go. All right, so now for nothing, you're probably going to get like a tri clamp. <laughs> <laughs> just Why? to be honest with you, brother. No, you might give, get a tri clamp. We're not giving away or tri-clamps. or a couple of gaskets. <laughs> But that's about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. We'll we'll get your address, and I'll send you a gift bag up from Brewers Hardware. More importantly, that's very cool. get some Thank you, swag. Folks. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, you get hard swag, but you also get Brewers Hardware yeah. swag. It's good shit. Yeah. Especially since, like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Brewers Hardware is all about. Yeah. It's about those guys starting up and trying sure. to get things going and moving forward to become a... Uh, well, Brewers Hardware started out. Uh, uh, being a homebrew, absolutely. Small, That's what I'm and saying. Now being they do large business. capacity. Yes, from your small batch to large capacity. There it is, kid. <laughs> uh, Charlie, a uh, little bit from you before we get on out of here. What do you got coming up on the brewery? Besides <laughs> more Nelson, <laughs> more Nelson. Uh, well, do you have even more more Nelson? No, we don't have any more more <laughs> Nelson. We got like 90 cases of it. We put out. All right, oh, there you go, bro. You going distro? Uh, Put it out there. He's it'll get it out. out there. It will get it out. out there. It'll be, at, it'll be in my backyard tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, and we'll be backyard. selling it from my backyard. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fantastic. We have uh, a couple of sours coming out. Nice. Ooh. All right. Uh, we have- Kettle sour? We doing regular straight no, up No, this pH? is different. This is oh. different. Um, See, now you asked us right at the end. I know. Now. Well, like, the, the, we, the, we don't have much time for him to give him the full explanation. Okay, so, so I can't we'll give leave you the, the full explanation. We'll, we'll just like it. we'll. It's going to be out probably- Hopefully, the first of the two will be out. It's we're splitting a batch. Okay, so we're experimenting. All right. So, uh-huh. so listen, and, and if, if we anyone had, wants going, to find going out forward, more, going forward, follow the Instagram. Right, follow say, the Facebook. So go to nineteen forties Brewing yeah, on Instagram, but, and you but, can follow along and find yeah. out exactly what's going on. And, I and like then, the and then when you make a, when you make something that you're supposed to be making one thing, and all of a sudden you go, uh oh. Something else. It's now more we, Nelson. We we had a shift, <laughs> we we've shifted gears and we're working on 
taking the space that we made. Yeah. And, and it's going to be called Pocket Pigeon. Oh, from tri- <laughs> oh wait, Pocket no. Pocket Pigeon 2.0. It, 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 it's it's going to be totally different. Totally different stuff if we can pull it off. All right. That's Charlie, what I like to hear. Charlie, appreciate for hanging out, man. Yeah, and I, I, by the way, love Change of Jamaica. You know I do. You know I, I love a good black IPA. I wrote IPA. it for you. Oh, I know. I, it's, it's, I sit down in a brewery. Somebody says to me, what are you drinking? I says, Change of Jamaica. Yeah, the black IPA, baby, all day. I, 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 all day. I could drink it. that all day. It's such a good roasty, toasty. Yeah. Instead of your morning coffee, you have a few fucking beers on the LA Yeah, That always works out for everybody. Every, yeah. Well, it, there's a little story behind it, but we won't. We we'll, 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 you know what? We'll tell JC off the air. Yeah. This is the word with Mike P and Steve GovsRay.com. Thanks a lot for everyone for joining in tonight, checking out it on Facebook and on YouTube, and of course on the Instagram live throughout the night. Uh, something before we get out of here, Steve, what do you got? Pocket Pete, pigeon? Pete? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still feel bad f- that you said that about oh, the Lord of the Rings drug. Yeah. I, I feel great about it. I still feel bad. But I, I thought you. he was going to say Lord of the It's great to have flies. you back, brother. It's great to be here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're good to see you, Pete. Pete, something before we get out of here? It's good to be seen. Oh, boy. That's nice. not what you're just saying is. Come on. Oh, don't forget to have your pet spader. This is the word with Mike Pete and Steve goes mm-hmm. And we out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.